Tonight's episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network brought to you by DAZN. The old way of watching sports is over. You can stream over 100 fight nights a year without the pain of pay-per-view. Their next big fight, Canelo Alvarez, Daniel Jacobs, champion versus champion. What a story. Daniel Jacobs fought his way back from cancer. Canelo Alvarez, boxing prodigy. Three world titles on the line. Who's going to take it all? It is coming up first weekend in May. Subscribe now. Get the zone. Sign up. That's how you got to watch this. Check it out. You know I'll be watching. I love the big fights. We're also brought to you by State Farm during the playoffs. A clutch teammate makes all the difference with the State Farm agent on your team. You have someone who comes in clutch when you need it most. I don't know if they'll be as great as Damian Lillard was in round one. I mean, even if it's 99% as great, it would be the best State Farm agent ever. Man, was he clutch. Draft a State Farm agent to your team. Save when you combine your home and auto insurance. State Farm, here to help life go right. We're also brought to you by TheRinger.com, the world's greatest website, where we are in our full glory this week with the NBA playoffs, with the uh, Game of Thrones, with our Game of Thrones show, Talk the Thrones, on Twitter. Sunday nights with the Avengers, which is just absolutely mammoth with about two-thirds of our staff. Um, NFL draft. We've been all over it. You name it, we have it. Check all of it out. TheRinger.com. The Ringer Podcast Network. Um, coming up, we're going to call my dad because John Havlicek passed away. One of the best NBA players ever. Definitely a top 15, 16. And, uh, and one of my first favorite Celtics, but somebody that we had a unique connection to. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Patriots draft as well. And then old friends, Deezus and Marrow. We're in town and uh, as usual, a rollicking conversation with them. Rollicking, a rollicking conversation with them. Uh, so we can get that in a second, but first our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, we're taping this part of the podcast. It is midnight East Coast time. And uh, my dad, incredibly, still awake, age 72? No, 71. 71. It's a great job by you. Well, when the, when the We're going to talk about John Havlicek in a second, who meant a lot to both of us. But I wanted to mention, um, we just watched the end of the first round, the NFL draft. The Patriots are up. We finally make we pick an exciting guy for the first time in a while. Well, the- it was kind of it was kind of funny because the two teams before us, both of them made trades. Yeah, and and weren't just sitting there thinking we're the next team to make a trade. Yeah, I I was. Yeah, I you never just, thought we we're going to make the pick. Just expecting them to either make a trade down or take like a left guard or something. Right. No, they actually take this wide receiver who from Arizona State who's pretty exciting. And, yeah, uh, in the Globe, uh, he was he was picked to go in the first round to Green Bay, and they talked about how he'd be a great fit with Aaron Rodgers, and he go he fights for the ball, goes up for the ball, makes great over the shoulder catches, uh, can run well after the route uh, after the catch. Um, I'm very I'm pleased with the pick. I, I don't think I could have standed trading it. Or picking an offensive guard or another safety or cornerback. So his name like, is Nikhil Harry. 
uh, old friend Mike Lombardi was big on him this oh, yeah. week saying how uh, a legitimate receiver, a guy can play anywhere in the field when the ball's in his hand. He's a beast. He's a freaking beast. Um, raving about him. And then another thing, um, in the Ringer NFL slack, you know, where everybody hates the Patriots, a lot of, lot of F-bombs and general dismay that we got this guy. So that was oh, a good really? sign too, yeah. Mallory Rubin, Ravens fan, Patriots hater, um, upset. Uh, and apparently might be uh, might be a punt returner. It's got some size. Now, the funny thing is we finally make an exciting pick and ESPN just immediately ends the telecast, which I thought was hilarious. Like, don't well, ever they, change they, ESPN. They went back to it. You, you didn't stay on. Oh, they, they went they, back to it? Yeah, they went back to it. And that's what I thought you were going to comment on. They showed about a, a three or four minute montage of uh, him with a cell phone video when he went to visit Granada, I think, where, where his family was from. And then they showed highlights of him on the field. And uh, they showed him going up for a catch. Uh, he, it was like, like a jump ball catch. Wow. Uh, and then he cut across the field. Six or seven guys tried to tackle him. He outran them. Oh, this is uh, exciting. He, he's a big guy, too. He, he's almost he's six two. like a tight end. Yeah. All right. So that was fun. Um, yeah. Patriots finally making a making a fun pick and somebody who might play this year and catch some balls. Who knows? Well, a fun pick and, and a big need. And now they have two second rounders and three third rounders. They have other needs. I mean, we have to get an offensive lineman. We have to get a defensive tackle, you know, but and a tight end. And maybe a quarterback of the future, although I'm not sure in this draft. But I'm I like the pick. The usually, uh, I'm, usually I'm not so happy about the pick, but made sense to this team at this time. Then they they had to the other thing other than cutting away and ending the telecast right after we picked was uh, they had to show the Tom Grady turns 42 in, in, in August graphic. It was just classic. It was all the way through. Don't ever change ESPN. Um, yeah. The most fun was the most fun thing of the whole draft was the uh, the Giants taking the guy from Duke number six, which we had been joking about in the Ringer offices on the Ringer Slack. It had been a running joke that the Giants were going to do this. Danny Kelly, who covers the NFL for us, he did a top one hundred that he had worked on and slaved over. He did an incredible job with it. Did not even want to put this guy in the top hundred, and the his editors made him put him 100th this uh daniel jones I saw that. <laughs> because because he they figured he was gonna get taken in the first round by some dumbass team he ends up going six to the giants the giants fans are as angry at at their team as anything i can remember in the nfl they are so but, angry and frustrated it's unbelievable did you see uh colbert interview him after he got picked no oh well a couple of impressions first of all he looks like the classic second or third round quarterback on a team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, secondly, that's not, that doesn't sound like a good thing. He had a deer in the headlight look. He <laughs> looked like it, it, he looked like he was terrified. He just got picked. He didn't want to get picked that early. He wanted to get picked later. The expectations, you know, he talked about how he's, uh, he knows the Mannings and his coach, coach the Mannings and he can learn from Eli. Yeah. You learn from Eli. <laughs> Eli's my age. <laughs> I mean, I, I just loved it. And and the guy on the uh, t- telecast, I thought was pretty good. 
I can't remember his name, who loved the kid from uh, Ohio State. Yeah, was Haskins. Kind of dumbfounded, was he? Yeah. I had to drive Ben to uh, baseball practice, and it was right during like the fourth, fifth, sixth picks, and I was driving back, and it was between the fifth and sixth pick, and I was racing back because I wanted to get here in time in case the Giants took that guy. And I was at like a stoplight, and they took him, and I was just dying laughing. I was thinking, like, if there was anybody in the lane next to me just looking over at me, they would have thought I was mentally ill. I was like, doubled <laughs> over. <laughs> oh, my God, they did it. And then everybody was making jokes about how the New York team tanked to get the Duke guy, but it, nobody thought it was going to be the Giants. That's who they well, ended up with. I, I have to say that one of my fears, because there were rumors that the Patriots liked him, yeah. I don't know where those started. I was afraid we were going to take them. Yeah, I didn't want them at 32, and the Giants took them at six. Congratulations to them. They took two of our Super Bowls. I just wish them uh, eternal failure and damnation. Yeah, and, well, that, that that could be another part of why I'm laughing, but uh, they did steal two of our Super Bowls. But I guess... Hey, good. it was a good night. We filled the need. Guy, I wish you had seen the tapes after they came back from commercial. He just looks like a nice guy, too. I mean, he's... Again, to repeat myself, he's huge. You know, 6'3", pretty heavy, runs a pretty good 40. Oh, you're really excited about this guy. What about how funny was the Raiders going going off the menu at number four? <laughs> Shocking <laughs> the, the drafting. It, I love that, too. Like, it looked like a classic mistake, didn't it? Yeah. Like an, I mean, they kept saying it was, it was an overreach, but um, it looked like there were a couple of guys sitting there that that looked terrifying if you're an offensive player and the guys, the linebacker, and I can't remember who took him. Um, well, Tampa got the guy at number five, but then, you know, Josh Allen goes seven of the Jaguars. Josh Allen. Bad. Boy, he looks terrifying. Yeah, that made me mad. And then, yeah. You know, it's funny when the Pats took a wide receiver, <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> Kyle just wanted somebody fun. Uh, he's just so tired of left guards. Even though we have we've won six Super Bowls, it's hard to complain about anything. But you just wanted like a fun toy for Brady, because well, no Gronk, you know. I was worried. I, I looked at my draft board, which of course is yeah. just simply the Globe thing, and there was a uh, in the top twenty. They had a a guard tackle. It was Kobe Ford. Yeah, and he looked like our classic thirty number thirty two pick, didn't he? <laughs> we took Come that. He'd be, he'd, be the, he'd be the swing tackle. We still need a tackle, by the way, but. We I didn't want, I, I, I'm fine. We took the wide receiver and Kyle goes, yes, fucking finally. He's just <laughs> standing up, pumping his fist. Well, the irony is we took a, uh, we took a uh, running back at 32 last year. Yeah. Um, we, yeah we're taking we skill guys. feelings about him, but uh, you know, I guess he did pretty well as a rookie. And now we take a wide receiver at 32. Not typically Bill Belichick picks. More importantly, we're in the same division with the Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, so that's great. Yeah, it's another win for us. Um, yeah, it's it'll be uh, it's going to be fun to see what happens. Really, other than that, I, I guess the Redskins getting Haskins seem pretty lucky. The Steelers trading up to get a, a linebacker who I everybody really liked that was a, smart. A pretty good trade to jump up ten spots and get what everybody everybody liked that one. Everybody liked that linebacker, yeah. Um, and they always have good linebackers and good wide receivers. Uh, well, fun night. Always love the draft. This is such a fun time of the year with the basketball I playoffs, the draft, the NHL. I, I, I think I probably like tomorrow night even as much. Oh, the second round. It's two round, two rounds. Yeah. And we we have five picks right now in those two rounds. Of course, who knows 
I hope tomorrow Belichick doesn't trade down and try to get fourth and fifth rounders, which I hate. Yeah. You know, use the five picks. We have we have holes. It's it's a big draft, as you have uh, said in your podcast. Well, I, I know Belichick, who's won six Super Bowls, appreciate when we weigh in with our advice. I know he yeah, appreciates I, I think, that. I know he listens to your podcast. I know, I know, I know he's on the fence with some decisions tomorrow. So thank yeah. God we've waited. Yeah, and then uh, we had the uh, the Bruins, the Game Seven. You're excited about that. You're the oh my only, gosh, only was... person I know who watches regular season hockey. I do like regular season. I thought I, I like this Bruins team. Uh, they have great team chemistry, camaraderie. They've had each other's back all year, but it it was it was very uh, it looked bad there. We, you know, we could have been up five nothing. I don't know if you watched it because you were doing the. Uh, I was channel surfing. Obviously. No, I I watched the game okay. seven. They could have been up four nothing in the first period. They yeah, I wasn't worried. Take, they we own totally Toronto. dominated that first period, and then you start to worry when you only get one goal, and then Coyle makes gives has the giveaway. Yeah, that was, and you was know great. something bad's going to happen, and it does. And then they get the lucky uh, bouncing off the guy's body on the second goal, and then Coyle Dad, this comes is back way this is way too much himself. hockey talk. This is already way too much hockey talk for uh, our audience. Okay, yeah. but we did win in overtime, yeah, and that was really exciting. So let's talk about how you were in Cuba. Quickly, you went to Cuba with your wife. You you screwed up. You screwed up uh, the scheduling. You thought the Masters was the weekend before. Your number one sports wish in life, because all your Boston teams have won titles now since you've been retired. Um, your number one wish in life was for Tiger Woods to win the Masters. And when it happened, you were in a foreign country with no Wi-Fi and no cable television. I don't want to talk about this. I read about it. As soon as I got back in the room, I did have Wi-Fi in in the uh, room. So now, what's your number one sports wish for him to win the U.S. Open when you're actually watching? <laughs> Where do you go from here? Well, why couldn't he have won last year when I had my <laughs> when you went? birthday present? I was at the Masters. I mean, <laughs> I mean, or yeah, bad luck. I really, I was so happy and so sad at the same moment. <laughs> What are you going to do? So now what? what's your new number one sports wish? Uh, I'd like to see uh, Tiger win three more majors. Oh, you want to see him beat Jack? That's your no. new number one sports wish? No, that would be that tie Jack. You want? Oh, you want them to tie. I like yeah. that. So you don't yeah, have to I like pick. The, I like them to tie. Your two favorite golfers. That's well, good. Well, from two different eras. So I'm, I'd be very satisfied if they both, reti- if he retired at 18 majors and certainly then he would have, he would beat uh, Sneed's total victory record. I can't believe you were in Cuba when Tiger won the Masters. I I can't can't believe those two things happened at the same time. I mean, Cuba was great, but it was the wrong weekend, wrong week to be in Cuba. How about this? Look at a calendar. Seems like (laughs) a decent idea. Maybe pick the weekend that's not the Masters. That could have happened. It was the Art and Music Festival. You know how much I'm into art and music. Yeah, two of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, uh, Celtics. Do you, do you uh, Celtics Bucks? Optimistic, semi-optimistic, kind of optimistic, or pe- pessimistic? Cautiously optimistic. Oh wow, really? Cautiously optimistic. You're back on Kyrie. You've forgiven him for his behavior this season. I, I, I'm not really. <laughs> I'm not really thinking about Kyrie. I, I like the way the team is playing. Oh, that's like, a good answer. I like the way 
Tatum has um, shown up. Yeah. He's going to the basket. I like the way Hayward seems to not hesitate, and he's going quickly to the basket. Or it's a new Hayward. Out. Yeah. New Hayward. I like how Horford's playing. Um, they're going to miss Smart, but hopefully that gets kind of balanced out by Brogdon not coming back too early. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Let's talk. Let's talk about Hondo. Okay. We uh, knew this day was coming. There, that he wasn't doing well the last couple months, and the the Celtics and the family kept it quiet. But it was definitely uh, definitely wasn't looking good. You and knew then, this? Yeah. It it uh, it seemed like it was headed that way this way for a couple of weeks, unfortunately. But uh, age seventy nine. Um, you tweeted about the first year you bought season tickets. It was one season ticket, 1973-74 season. Celtics win the title. Your first year as a season ticket, oh, that's when you were bringing me in. Hondo was the guy on that team. Hondo, in that finals, played 289 of 291 minutes. Unbelievable, huh? Yeah. That team had no depth. I mean, it, it, as you said, it was our first season ticket. I bought one ticket. You wrote about it in the prologue of your basketball book. I carried you into almost every game. Um, it had that team had Hondo, Silas, Cowens, and JoJo, and and Westfall was in that team, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a sub. Okay, um, but they didn't really have much beyond that, and uh, they certainly were not expected to beat Jabbar's Kareem's uh, Milwaukee Bucks in that finals. I don't think uh, they had Oscar. Didn't they have Oscar in that? Milwaukee they had team? tail end of his career, Oscar Robertson. Okay, yeah. Jabbar was you know, at the peak of his powers that year. And he was being guarded I, by talents. You don't remember much about going to those games. I don't, I don't remember anything until the 75 season. I remember a little bit. I remember, okay. but then 76 was the first, but you were there. Yeah, I was um, there. I was there in body. You were there in body. And <laughs> I remember uh, 76 though, because I remember the triple OT game. And, uh, and that was when he's playing on one foot, basically. That's right. But wins that one too. He's he was eight zero in the finals, which I thought was uh, an incredible mark. But just the durability and the flexibility—that was when I when I was studying him when I was writing my book. Like there just was nobody like him because right. he was the first guy who could play guard or forward. So no matter who you had on your team, he could just kind of be malleable with the crew you had. And it's like, oh, you I, you need me to play forward? I'll do that. You need me to guard this guy? I'll do that. And he was you know, a prototype for some of the guys that we're seeing now were these guys that well, can guard three, four positions. I, I, re, I vaguely recalled, and then I looked it up, that you had written a magazine article about him. Yeah. And uh, it was in, so I pulled it up. It was actually 12 years ago, 2007. Yeah. And you wrote about that, uh, his last game, and we were there. You you and you said you were sitting in my lap still. I thought we had a second seat by then, but maybe not. Maybe it was the next year. And how the game couldn't start because there was an eight-minute standing ovation. I think as long as probably for Larry Bird, if I remember. Don't you think? I think it was longer. because, yeah. And the reason I wrote that piece was I was flipping channels and they showed that game and they showed the whole, the whole ceremony and you know, eight and a half minutes is a long time. A <laughs> that's long like, time. that's as long as like stairway to heaven or hotel California or any like long rock song. It's as long as some short, short videos that are on TV, but the crowd just loved them. 
he was certainly one of the four or five most popular Boston athletes in my lifetime. And and right. when I was growing up, you know, when we were living in Brooklyn, um, it was him and Bobby Orr were the two guys who were just, you know, I, I think they were one and two. Yaz was, I think, three. I don't, I don't think he was, I think Orr was one, Havacek was two, and Yaz was probably three. But um, but they were they were all very similar in that they were these old school, didn't say a lot, you know, just kind of lead by examples, tough, played through pain, did all of it. They, all three of them were, you know, kind of wired the same way. And Havacek, once he retired, that was it. He was he was really gone. He was not somebody that uh, stayed in the limelight at all. Well, he wasn't from Boston. So. No, he wasn't. But, you know, the other part was, if you think about it, he, you know, he, he played 60s and retired in 78. Yeah. There was no internet. So we didn't get to know players in the same way. I mean, we didn't know much about their private lives, except, you know, a, a, a kind of a funny little story. You had a mad crush on his wife. <laughs> I mean, we used to sit near the player it wasn't, wives. It wasn't his wife. It was his daughter. He, well, he had a daughter that was the same age, and they used to sit in the section maybe, right next to me. Maybe it could have been both of them. I, maybe been, maybe I did like both. I did I like older women. What, the mother-daughter combo. <laughs> they were uh, both adorable. They were both. His wife, Beth, had blonde hair. The daughter yeah. had blonde hair. I had good taste. Yeah. Um, and they sat right near us, and it just seemed like a perfect family, nice people. But you didn't know anything about them. You didn't read much about them except in the Boston Globe. And again, no internet, so you didn't have stories like that. And we knew him as a great Celtic. You know, for for me, the, the Cowans and uh, Havlicek, that combo was unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, that team had no reason to win in 74 and 76, except they played so hard. And Silas was terrific, too, but uh, sad to see him go. And it was fun to re- reread your column. Um, we had, so I had, when I did my book, I did the five levels and the final level is the Pantheon. And he was the toughest call trying to figure out if he was in the Pantheon or not. And I think I, I ended up making him the best guy in level four, one below, because he never won the MVP. Right. But other than that, um, sport, like one of the great athletes in the history of the league. So like the, the playing 16 years in the sixties and seventies was kind of unheard of. Right. It was really him and Kareem in the first, I would say 45 years of the league. Those were the only two guys who had that kind of durability. And especially when you add the playoff minutes and all the playoff games that he played during the Russell era, like that was crazy. Seven second team all NBAs. Um, he made second team all NBA 13 years apart. Four straight first team all NBAs. He made five all defense teams, but they really didn't have those in the sixties. Um, when he retired, he was in the top five in every category, the relevant category except assistance, uh, uh, assistant rebounds. Bill Russell said in nineteen seventy four is the best all around player I ever saw. Um, he was just great, and that, that was one of the reasons I wrote that column. Is sometimes these guys just disappear and you don't think about them again. You know, and and he's never yeah, gets mentioned. Why I think you wrote the column. I think if you read it, it's, it's in your archives from your ESPN days. It's in the back, back page of the magazine from the June yeah. 11th, 2007. You're the only issue. one who kept the magazine. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he had the iconic steal in 65. Right. 66 finals. He played all 48 minutes in the final game. Um, in the 68 finals, 26, eight, 26, nine and eight in the 19 playoff games. But this was crazy. He was Russell's lead assistant. Remember Russell was the player coach. He made Havlicek his lead assistant. So Havlicek was actually the assistant coach on two finals teams. Um, in the 1969 finals, he averaged a 25, 10, and 6 on the on the last Russell championship team. In the 69 playoffs, 850 minutes in 18 games. He played 47.2 minutes per game in the in the 1969 playoffs. Now, granted, they didn't do the running they did now, but no, well, he did. He, he did. did. He was the only one, and that was I compared him to like a marathon runner in my right. in the stuff I've written about him where. His game was a lot like how JJ Redick plays. Like he was like just constantly moving and trying to wear out uh wear out the other team. In 73, which you you always said was the best Cowan Savicek team, they won 68 games, but he separated his shooting shoulder in the Knicks series in the Eastern Finals and played left-handed in the last three games. And they almost won. They they, they, almost they, won, they yeah. literally almost won. And he had no right hand. Can you imagine if somebody did that now? But you know that that game is what motivated me to want to have Celtic season tickets. Yeah, and uh, and that and that led me to go to the office and get that single ticket. I was so impressed by that team and that effort by Havlicek, and I mean it was kind of like when you got the uh, Kings tickets. It was the right place at the right time. Right. Two championships in three, the first three years. You the tickets were four dollars a game. Four dollars for a single ticket, and we had one. We had a single ticket. Yeah. And my mom was not happy about it. Very unhappy. <laughs> You're um, celebrating your fiftieth anniversary uh, in two months, but unfortunately, have not been together for the last forty-one of them. True. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so seventy-four. That was they beat the Bucks. And he made another clutch shot in that game in the double overtime game that Kareem ended with the great skyhook. And then in 76, he had plantar fasciitis, which we didn't even know what that was called back then. Right. And played through it the whole playoffs and was on a minute limit and was supposed to only play 25 minutes a game. He played 58 minutes in game five in the triple overtime game. Just and one of the all-time warrior, durable, clutch, great guys who, if you're doing any all-time team, you know, he's on it for the first 40, 45, 50 years of the league when they did, they, they did the 35th anniversary team and he was one of the 11 guys they picked, which I, I think matters yep. in the big scheme of things. So he was, uh, he was really great. And, uh, you know, a good example of sometimes got sometimes even superstars fall through the cracks. I felt like that when I was reading about the Sixers were retiring Moses Malone's number. I read that a couple months ago and I was like, holy shit, they don't even... Tyra's number, the guy was like the best guy in the league for four years. You know, it just kind of comes and goes. Well, how about your your photo? Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Well, tell them, nobody believes me on this. Tell tell the audience how I was able to just stand under the basket and rebound for the Celtics. You know, it it is unbelievable, but again, it was a different era. It was obviously before 9-11. Security was pretty lax. Pretty lax? I would just walk on the court. Well, the games didn't sell out either, but unbelievably didn't sell out, even though this team kept winning and winning. <clears throat> and they used to let you 
before the games go down and get the get the uh, balls when the shooters when the uh, players were warming up uh, before the game, and then you'd stand next to the Celtic players on the on the bench. They'd be standing there, and you'd be standing there. And one day, I got a picture in the mail from a photographer who said I've entered this picture in a photo contest, and it's also and we won the contest and. Here's a picture for you and your son. And it also appeared on the back page of the Boston Herald. No, that was a different photo. There was two different photos. Oh, two different photos? Yeah, one won the photo contest, but the other one was just randomly, I'm standing next to John Havlicek, who's on crutches. crutches. Yeah, it was during the Buffalo Celtics series in 75, and I'm just standing next to him. And it was in both papers, and that was like the most excited I'd ever seen you as a kid. You went out and bought like 20 of the papers. I might have bought it. I still have. You have it too, don't you? I have it somewhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, right, they, you're, sta- you're standing next to him. He, he has he has the crutch. He's, he's not playing, obviously. He's in a sport coat. And it looks like you're his son. Oof. And you, you're just standing there with him. Well, I used to I used to rebound for them. And the, I mean, this sounds crazy. I swear to God, on my kids' lives, I'm not making this up. I used to re- stand under the basket and hope that like two balls would hit or somebody would shoot an air ball and I could rebound and throw it back. And then I would go and walk over to the Celtics bench and I would talk to Tommy Heinsohn and John Killalay and then so, who I, or whoever the injured player was and nobody would do anything. Right. Just kind of walk around, no, walk around true. the court. And sometimes somebody would be like, "Hey, you got to move," but for the most part, nobody really cared because this was I, 1975. I, think they, I, I really think they thought you were one of their sons. Oh, like I was like Hondo's son? Yeah. I mean, you looked like you belonged. You, you never thought twice about it. You know? I really didn't. I, yeah. I acted like I belonged, which is an important lesson for all you yeah, uh, six-year-olds out there. You just, you got to act like like you belong out there. Um, yeah, then, so. Yeah, I, I might have bought 20 copies of that. Because <laughs> it was the back page. It was a huge picture. It was you and Hondo, and Hondo's, you both kind of looking at each other and right. got the crutch. And... I think I'm chewing my nails, which my mom yelled <laughs> at me about. Might have been. And then his last year in Boston, after everything kind of went south, um, and they didn't make the playoffs, and it all led to the uh, the farewell game. But he, that whole year, he had the farewell tour, which was the first time right. I ever really remember that. It was interesting because back then, basketball wasn't on all the time. You know, there was no cable yet. Right. So the teams that were in the playoffs were on a lot. So Havlicek was one of the only guys that was just on all the time, you know, it was almost like with the Yankees in the fifties and sixties where Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, all those guys, they were just on every year in America. Well, felt like they knew them. them? Were they on like channel 56 or one of those? I thought it was channel four. I don't remember. Yeah. It was one of the local channels. I think okay. they were channel four and the Bruins were 38, 38. But, yeah. but um, but yeah, I mean, and we would see back then there, you know, George Gervin came once or twice a year and that was it. You never saw him. We never got to see him on TV. David Thompson, all these guys that I loved, I just knew them from the basketball cards and basketball digest. And, and they didn't have a sports center back then. So Havlicek right. was one of the few guys who cut through that back then because he had actually been on TV because they would actually show the playoffs. So people felt like they knew him, they knew Kareem, they knew Rick Barry. You know, there's a couple guys and he was, I think probably the most liked player of the seventies, wouldn't you say just in general? Cause Kareem was the best player in the seventies, but I think people were pretty split on Kareem. Right. Yeah. Well, 
he wasn't exactly a, a warm, a warm guy back then. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And, and he, again, he retired in '78, so he played almost the whole the whole decade. And he uh, he segued to a couple of terrible years. The Sydney Wicks, Curtis Rowe. Oh, you know what? Dr. J was more liked than him. I, I'll give him the number two. I think he's the second most liked. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's yeah. others, I'm sure. I mean, we're missing others. But, I mean, we got to see Havlicek 41 times a year. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's weird to say this or even think it, but he was just such an unbelievable specimen. It, it, even when I heard that he wasn't feeling well, you'd just be like, oh, man, it's John Havlicek. He'll... You know. Well, don't you think it's like a lot of these athletes? If you from that era, if you don't see them again, your your visual memory of them is as the player they were. Yeah, true. true. And my visual memory of him is similar to yours. The guy never stopped running. He looked like he was in the best shape of any basketball player out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he was uh, a great shooter, a defender, a rebounder. Or he did everything. Great old school game. And, and he was a winner. Yeah. Um, he was certainly one of the best players I've ever seen. Like, But day you don't day. think of him getting old. No. Nah. And he might have come back for some of the retirements. I just can't remember. Well, uh, you know, there, there, there was always, people have written about this a little bit, but when, uh, when they got Bird, he would still come and he would play with, the, with those guys. And he would like scrimmage and come to practices and just kind of run around. It was like kind of a running joke. Could they get him to come back? And there was this, I think, one training camp when he was playing with them for a couple of days at least, but it was also the training camp when Cowens was there and Maravich was there. And Cowens and Maravich both retired in the same training camp. But it was the, the year they won the, it was the, uh, the 81. The 80-81 the team that ended up winning the title. But in That's the right. training camp, three of the guys that ended up, two retired and then one was already retired, but it was Maravich. Havlicek, Dave Cowens, but then Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Tiny Archibald. It was like seven Hall of Famers. I remember vividly that uh, Maravich was in camp and Cowens was in camp. Yeah. And I was hoping they'd both hang in there because it looked like we were going to have a really good team. Yeah. I don't remember Havlicek being there, though. Yeah, I think he scrimmaged with them for like three years after. But yeah, he was was, uh, one of the all-time greats. I I still think he's... A couple guys have moved into the. I think well, for, for you and for you and me, uh, he was our first five year introduction to the Boston Celtics. Yeah, him and Cowens. Him and Cowens. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, oh well. Yeah. R.I.P. John Havlicek. We loved you. Um, best of luck to the fam, and uh, and that's it. Um, well, Celtics Bucks. There hasn't been a home game for two and a half weeks until the game three. Out. You must have noticed that. I know. Game six Friday. I'll be there. I'm, game I'm sitting six with you. Friday. That worked out well for you. I'm coming back. Good. We got to make it to a game six. But if we do, yeah, I'm well, coming back. True. I'll okay. be in the house. All right, Dad. All right. Go to sleep. Right. I'll talk to you. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. We're going to get to Deezes and Marrow in one second. Hey, if you don't know SiriusXM, listen up. They bring you the deepest variety of commercial free music for every genre and every mood. Hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy. Get news from every source. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM. You actually don't. You can listen outside the car right now. Get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just a dollar. Go to SiriusXM.com BS to see offer details and to subscribe. 
Listen on your phone, at home, online, anywhere you are at time of day. Hear your favorite songs, discover new ones. They also have some great stations, including the Yacht Rock station that you know I love. They only have it during the summer in the actual series they have in, in, in your car, but it's year round if you, if you listen to it on the app. The other one they have, they have a 2000s alternative music channel that I don't know why they haven't promoted that one to the actual cars, but I highly recommend that channel as well. I can't remember what it's called, but God, it's, it's really good. It's like the strokes and the killers, like that whole era of music represented. Uh, they have the 1990s. They have the lithium channel for the 1990s, the grunge, all that stuff on the actual Sirius XM. But for this one, it's, it's just on the app for now. I would promote that. I, I think it's ready for a promotion. Anyway, I've been a long time consumer. S-I-R-I-U-S-X-M.com slash B-S. You get your first three months outside the car for $1. See offer details. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming sub- subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. I highly recommend. All right, we're taping this late Wednesday morning. This is quite a day for me. This is a mirror here. Yeah. And right after that, I'm playing in the LPGA Pro-Am at Nice. Well, really? Yeah. <laughs> You're doing your thing, man. Get him. It's, it's the Venn diagram of, of two demos that really overlap in that's, so many different really ways. Amazing. Perfect synergy. Uh, I haven't seen you guys in a while. I've won, I think I've won two titles since the wow. last time. Oh, wow. Shout out to Bill. Instead of using a calendar, he used championships. Wow. Very classy. classy. Two classy. more. Classy. I guess two more. Would two be more. The right way to I mean, if you count hockey. No, hockey's, well, we're still going in hockey. We're still going yeah. in hockey. Red Sox win. Yeah. Pats win. Yeah. The the Boston team. The teams. Pats won the most boring Super Bowl ever. I'll give you that. I thought it was It was, it was a defensive, it was it was a a defensive standoff. It was a throwback was to the old days. football. Yeah. Old school uh. football. <laughs> I want people, I want to see end zone dances. That's what I want to see in the NFL. I, I want to see uh, way more of those. I love how, uh. I love how mad it made people too. That was like the second yeah. best part of them winning is like people were just pissed. Like, look at the Patriots. Now they're ruining the Super Bowl. But don't forget, you also had like the boycott of the NFL going on. So everyone yeah. was like, everyone was like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I stand with Kaepernick. It was like, nah, I know who's going to win. So let me And also, over. everyone watched the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Boy, the boycott. So now we're done. The boycott's done. Nah, it's not done. It's okay. just, you know what it is? Like, it depends on the person. Because some people, a lot of people who were never watching the NFL are boycotting. And then you have some people who are just like, yo, my team sucks. Like, we were done in week three, so now I'm joining the boycott. Listen, so. I live in Jersey. It's Gambling is legal. So, right. <laughs> like, I just, I mean, like, I guess I won't watch, but I'll watch the lines. Van Lathan is, we, we had him on last Shout week. Shout Van. That's a homie. And he actually legitimately is done with the NFL. Yeah. Like he's had it. Mm-hmm. And he's Who, stuck with it. Team? And he was like a real team. And he's like a Saints fan, the whole thing. And he's okay. just like, I'm out. If you actually talk to Kaepernick, like you feel terrible afterwards. You're like, no. Also, when you talk to other football players and they start talking about CTE, like Arian Foster and things like yeah, that, yeah. you're just like, I really can't support this. But then, are you ready for some football? Yeah, yeah, Sunday, you, know you got saying? the hot wings and the French fries. And the draft today. And then the yeah. draft, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who, are the, who are the Giants taking with the six week? So there's a possibility. We'll put this up before the draft. They, also, they, can I can I preface that question with David Gettleman is absolutely out of his mind. He's the James Dolan of football. So continue. Or, or that I mean, think about that for a second. The James Dolan of football. football. Wow. What does that even mean? <laughs> wow. Like, you you just make horrible decisions. It's like you just leave train crashes. Yeah. Just, just cars. Make, you got to go easy on that James Dolan slander. Yeah, you got to go back to a Nick game. We, we flying high on the radar. Like. Oh, Two more I, strikes. I'm on his radar now. Oh, yeah? Uh, but you're not banned from the garden yet. 
I maybe I am. I don't know. I've been in the garden. Since. I think it's getting to the point. James Dolan is getting really fed up and like he doesn't care. And like, because remember that guy that was like sell the team. He was like, oh yeah, you want to be banned for life? Like James Dolan. I mean, I get it. Like if I own the Knicks and people were like sell the team, I'm like, hey, you know what? You can't watch these games. Go, go, go to the Sabaros across the street. <laughs> but but luckily for me, I have a very generic name, so like it'll be hard. To no, they use facial recognition technology when you're banned from the garden. <laughs> oh, <laughs> No, they really do. Facial recognition. I am dead ass. When you walk in the garden, look above the metal detectors. Just can't like if you were banned from the garden, you will get to the seat and security will come over and be like, you can't be here. Wow, he's that's like, out of control. He's like one of those owners in a sports movie where they just go over the top with like how evil, evil the guy is. Yeah. Like an evil Disney Remember, movie. Did you see Eddie with Whippy Goldberg? Yeah. With Frank Langella in that movie. He's got the big oh, wow. cowboy yeah. hat on. He's just off his, off his off rocker. His rocker. That's like, like what it's like in real life. Mm -hmm. <sighs> But what yeah. happens if KD comes? Like, what happens if the Knicks start winning? Does everyone all of a sudden give the dick flute solo to James Dolan? Does he become, oh, the, great, does he become the greatest owner ever? No. Knicks fans are, what? Knicks fans are <laughs> fickle as hell. Knicks fans will do a thank you, Dolan, chant by the end of the season. I, I mean, got you. If they, they get really KD, will. they will. They're just beating down. They're just beating down. That's I mean, all it is. It's like, do you guys watch Game of Thrones? I watched uh, one episode for the first time yeah. like a week ago. I have uh, no idea the characters' names. Was, I haven't watched it any of this season because I always wait until like there's four episodes loaded up. So you, but you know and the then show. I binge them. Yeah, I've watched every season. The Knicks fans now. are Theon. Like they've just had all that? their That's genitals a... cut off, and they've been tortured for years, and, they, yeah. and they're just so beaten yeah. down, yeah. and they they just don't know what to do then anymore. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. like, like, should I kill myself? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, being a Knicks fan is just, like you just like we go to Knicks games. We have no desire. Like we know we're probably not going to win, so it's just like, yo, let's just get some drinks. Like we, I've gone to Knicks games with my friends and like left. After the first inning, well, there's not first inning, first quarter, and gone to like Foley's on Thirty Third Street and like probably watch something else. Well, there's a Knicks KD scenario that nobody has really talked about that I actually think is a legit scenario. What is it? He comes to New York, but not to play for the Knicks. To the to the Nets? Are you kidding me? <sighs> wow! Did you watch the Sixers Nets series? It can't be ruled out. That's true. It puts him in New York. It puts him in Brooklyn. It gives him ownership over this New York-based franchise that has had no real identity. Right. And they have good young players and a good organization, and they kind of know what they're doing. And it's like— But New York is never going to embrace the New Jersey Nets. I would technically agree with that. Yes. But if no. KD is there and the Knicks— no, And they're really like good. Cam Reddish in the fourth pick remember and no the, free agents. Remember in that that stretch in the, in the early aughts where the Nets were actually good and they were mm -hmm. making finals or whatever? Nobody gave a shit. Nobody yeah. in New York was like, Last yeah, second. go, yeah. go well, Nets. Well, but they were playing in East Rutherford at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah. But, but see, that's like, kind of the thing. Like, like Barclays Center and Madison Square Garden do not compare at all. And like, you, Barclays Center, in theory, is a better building, but MSG just has, like, this, like, the history and the You whatever. went there for the NXT last month. <laughs> the NXT, whatever, takeover. It was yeah. electric. <laughs> Listen, Ricochet's last match, oh I was my there God. with my son. Oh, my God. You can well, feel like the intensity. Where do they have the Westminster Dog Show? <laughs> We're done here. That's okay? true, yeah. That's true. It's way more vaunted than, I, I think there's Couldn't another garden. That? Like, there's a fake garden. Like, it's named after a bank somewhere. And the you, is this a Boston insult? I, I, I it feels think. like a slight wow, Boston wow, insult. Was, Can you imagine if KD went to the Nets though? How mad the Knicks fans would be? Livid. We would burn that. That would be the all down. time, all yeah, time. How dare you? And, that move that's and, ever you know, happened. If KD goes to the Nets, I personally am taking an axe and chopping the Brooklyn Bridge down. You guys are going to be disconnected from <laughs> the other five boroughs. Well, that's happening anyway when the L trade gets shut down. No, it's well. They, remember, they, they will be disconnected. They rejiggered it now. Before they were supposed to shut it down for a long time. Now they're just going to shut it down for a little bit of time. They were like, yeah, they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll fix everything. We'll fix everything. It's, it's, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna just semi shut it down, so it's only like you only have like a seventy five percent chance of dying. 
know oh, that'd mean? be good. While we work on it, you know well, what I mean? And have for, human beings on for good odds to yeah, live. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's not bad. Jesus. If you're in baseball, you'd be doing all right. So you would be, if Durant goes to the Nets. Yeah. What's your move on Thursday's show on Showtime with that? <laughs> Anger? Betrayal? Not betrayal. You, you not know betrayal. what? It's like we've been through standoffish. This. Like, we didn't want no. him anyway. Yeah, like, real what? cocky like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, like with LeBron. We lived through this with LeBron. When LeBron spurned us, we were like, no, nah, who cares? Yeah, Nick's Twitter was lying. It was which like, time, yo. Which time when he spurned you? Wow. 10-14. 18, what year are we talking yeah. about? I remember when, when, was that tweet. Junior high prom and then high school prom when he did it. I remember there was a tweet and somebody was like, yo, I just saw Amari Stoudemire and LeBron having dinner downtown. Like, And everybody was like, let's go. But then, no. no. And I remember the first game LeBron did when he came back, and the, gr- the crowd was like heckling him and booing him. And I was like, two weeks ago, we were buying LeBron jerseys. We were making, right. we were turning like our David Lee jerseys into LeBron jerseys. But, yeah. you know, so LeBron had like, dinner with Amari, and he's like, How's your knees? And Amari's like, Sorry, bad, I got man. like 50 games he's left like, in <laughs> Amari was like, Oh, you see <laughs> half of a ligament left. He was he like, How's your knees? He put, and he was like, oh, Taste that calamari. Same thing. <laughs> he pulled out a pouch. He's like, Here are my knees. I don't know. You want to check them out? <laughs> <laughs> it's a pouch of ligaments. Yeah, I don't know. Think? Some of these are Kobe's. I don't know. It's just like a mixed bag. It's a ligament lost and found. I'm like, is this fruit by the foot? Like, oh my Wait, god. Wait, we didn't finish the Giants NFL draft thing. Oh yeah. So yeah. that's tonight. We're taping this Wednesday, but they have the six pick, and everybody's really worried that this guy who traded Odell that nobody trusts, yeah. um, that he's going to take the Duke quarterback. Who he our, is? He absolutely is. Our draft expert. Did not have him in his top hundred, and we made him put him hundredth mm-hmm. just so we could have the profile of this guy because we knew who was going to yep. the top three rounds. Mm-hmm. But he's like, this guy's a disaster. He should not be in the Listen, first round. I think, and I, that could be the Giants' pick. That's, Daniel Jones. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to they're going to pick a, a pass rusher guy with the sixth pick, and then they're going to pick that the Duke guy. That's a, that's your number, right? Da- was the name Daniel, Daniel Jones. Jones? They're going to pick Daniel Jones with the fucking seventeenth pick, and I'm going to be livid. And I'm going to do one what of those stupid viral videos. Oh my! <laughs> I would you know those stupid videos where people like kick their TV over yeah. after like a bad play. Like I would do that in real life. See, that's why you got a boycott. You know what I'm saying? That's really been the Jets fans the best thing they've had going since the name oh, of Super yeah. Bowl is the draft reaction videos. So yeah, oh, yeah. They've mad. They've they, taken they, those they to those. seven other levels. Jet really fans. great. I don't know how they do it. I mean, as long as we're like on par with the Jets, I'll be okay. Well, Jeff fans are talking kind of spicy last time. That's that's wild to say. Because, you know, there's the Giants, Knicks, Yankees mm-hmm. fan. Yep. We've yep. talked about this. Talk and then there's the Jets, Jets Mets, Mets, Nets, Islanders. But now it's, now it's like a little more even than I think. Sad it's been admit, a while, yes. right? Sad what, admit. And that's how we know we've, we're, li- we're getting older. And Jets we've lived have in New a York real so franchase longer. quarterback. Nets yeah. just made the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. The Mets. Yeah. Well, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. The Mets have five not aces because yeah. the season just started. Yeah. 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 Get the home run hitter, though, people like. Judge well, got hurt again. Ju- I, well, like 90% of the Yankees are just hurt. Just stop taking steroids. That's what I keep telling you. I just keep telling you. Stop taking steroids. Well, you know what? I'm kidding. It hurts George my heart, it hurts my heart to say this, but I can say the same for Big Poppy. Well, that was, that? You know what? That, that? That's I can say the word. same for Manny. That's way How worse that? than what I just did. Because that's your guy. <laughs> no, he's a Dominican hero. It hurts my heart to say it. You that's know what a I'm Dominican saying? hero. But you hey, just blasphemed. 
<laughs> also, Big Pop. You know what? Like we referenced Big Pop. That was kind of a long time ago. Now that's kind of becoming a data. As far as I'm reference. concerned, no proof. Just ended up on one list. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> like, so, look at his rookie picture. His rookie trading card. <laughs> and look, look at his last year. People fill his out. Head, no. People how do you fill Keanu out? Keanu Reeves is bigger. He filled out with just his head filled out. I've never seen anything like that. He looks like the Airheads commercial where the kids are floating around. Yeah, but now, it's good though because like I can forget about those old guys because they got the new guys coming up. They got Tatis Jr., Vlad Jr., all that crap. Well, you of, see Vlad like, Jr. You put on like forty pounds. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm. He's so, like huge now. He's, yeah, he, and he, he could hit he, anything. So much like his father. In all seriousness, with the judge thing, he is a big, big, big dude, mm -hmm. and it's almost like. He's almost like a skyscraper where just a lot of things could go wrong. Yeah. You know, he, he pulled an oblique. I didn't even really totally know what an oblique muscle mm -hmm. is. And yeah. I was like looking it up. He's pulling like, muscles like, I don't even think we have. oblique muscles. He yeah, pulled the outer Because he's too one. muscular. He's yeah. like fucking, he's super he's ripped. He's just like one of the biggest guys. Yeah. It's almost like how Zion is just, yeah, like, just he's massive. so big. The only yeah. reason not to take him would be like, is that guy's body going to hold, hold up, up for right. 15 When years. we played in CC Sabathia's uh, celebrity softball game, Name Aaron Joe. We're playing in it again in a couple weeks. But Aaron Judge was there, and this was like to be to see him in person. He's huge, but then you're just like it's kind of that weird thing. Like he's used to being that big, but I'm like, if I was that big, I'd be so awkward. Like every step would just be a passable fracture. Six seven and massive. Yeah, the Gronkowski's like that too. It's funny, like the stages of how at like Steph Curry's. A regular size three. No, he's six three. Like if he walked in, you'd be like, oh, Steph Curry's tall. You're taller than I thought. You know, but it's not like like what the. But on the court, you know is I mean? tall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because everybody else is seven twelve. Yeah, you right. Know what I mean, like Dame Lillard, <laughs> if he walked in, he wouldn't seem short. Yeah, how tall is the NBA he? NBA seems short. He's like six feet. Six yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same thing. Like, shout out to the homie Iman Shumpert. Like, same thing. Like, he walks in and it's like, oh, you're six six. You know what I mean? Like, I you look smaller on TV because you're running around with a bunch of dudes who are seven. Durant's three. a good one for this. Durant is like a legit seven feet. Yeah, and you just don't. You can tell. Don't even think about it until he's like ducking under doorways yeah. and stuff. You're like, oh shit! You're when he sits in a chair, he's like, yeah, yeah. you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like his elbows are like in his knees and shit. Can you come to New York? We'll fix it. your posture. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> come to the Knicks. I got an old back brace from when I was okay. young and shit. Like I got you, bro. We're taping this the the day after an incredible Lillard performance last night. Yes. Incredible. All wild. of this, the entire Lillard Westbrook series mm -hmm. was about as in your wheelhouse as <sighs> it really combined a lot of things that you guys. Yo, love. Westbrook yeah. plays with such pure anger. That's yeah. why I love him so much because it's like, yo, he's just is like. The moment he gets on the score, he's like scowling. He yeah, plays he basketball like he hates basketball. Yeah. Like yeah. he was like some alien gave him the ability to play basketball. And and it's he's a like, curse. This is my curse. Like he has to do forever. it for the rest of his life. Yeah, and I, I have to it. be the best, and I have to average a triple double at all times. It or, is funny. Like we hate we we revered John McEnroe, how mm -hmm. he used to go at the tennis umps and stuff, and just had the anger just that he played. It was like, oh man, he's torture genius. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then with Westbrook, people are like, fuck that guy. He's a diva. Why is he pushing that kid? This would be what. John McEnroe did if John McEnroe was a basketball, basketball player. Basketball players? Oh, would have been stalking around. That's why he goes to basketball games. I think he tries to give that energy <laughs> to basketball players. Like, so yo, you're, you're pro Russ because Russ is taking pro a Russ. beating. Yeah, I'm super Basically pro Russ. Basically all month. Because I'm like, yo, he doesn't, like, I respect any NBA player who's like, yo, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm going to speak my mind. And if you say some crazy shit from the stands, like, bro, just like, if the plumber comes to your house, you're not going to call the plumber a, you know, a racial slur. You know what right. I mean? Because he okay, fucking somebody he watched, Someone watched Green Book yesterday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, bro, like if you're an athlete, if you're a professional athlete, that doesn't give like the fans the right to just say whatever the fuck they want to you. You know what I mean? I mean, like they can, but there can be consequences. I don't think there should be like, 
there's like this weird like oh you know like you have to respect the game and blah 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 but if bro if you say some wild shit to me in the midst of a game yeah you know what i mean in the midst of my job not a game it's my job like i feel like i should have the right to say some shit back to you well like, the onus is really back. on the nba attendance and like the re- like they got to call that out cuz i know we've gone to nick games and if you're rowdy at a nick game or you cause a scene the next time you come back there's a card in your seat that says listen you are like settle on a strike, down. settle yeah. down. Like yeah. you will be ejecting whoever season tickets you are. They're losing them. Like something like there has to be some sort of onus, something, a penalty to make sure these fans don't get rowdy. But then you have these fans paying exorbitant amount of money for their seats. And they're like, I'm going to do what I want because I paid for this. And I think that's the problem because they feel they're on the same level as the athletes because they're paying expensive. It's usually though, it's not the fans up in like the 300s walling out. It's the fans yeah. of row two, row four, the floor seats. And there has to be some sort of vetting process. Like, you can't have people doing racial slurs from the front row. And that's what Russell... They should just check your Twitter at the door. There you go. Check like your, your, I, your, your IG. <laughs> if your last three tweets were like, yo, MAGA, you got to... It's like, <laughs> they just pull up one tweet. Like, yo, okay, all right, what, what is this right. guy? What, what, why did she wear a, a thing on her face all the time? Get her out of here. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, no, no. Sorry, Joe from Staten Island. You can't come to this game. You know, the Rangers play next week. They're always talking. A friend of mine has this company that's doing facial recognition for mm-hmm. tickets and stuff called Rival. And it would be funny if they incorporated the social media. Shane Beezer or whatever his name was, the Utah fan. It's like, ah, MAGA guy, watch yeah, out. Get out of here. Uh, MAGA guy wrote too. That's what I thought when I was watching the Utah uh, series because I was just like, man. I was like, first of all, Donovan Mitchell is special. You know what I mean? But second of all, like that game where Harden went like 0 for 16 to start the game. Yeah, that was a weird game. That was so weird. I like that he also then made the biggest shot of the game. I right, like those guys. Exactly. That was like a Kobe move where yeah. he's just being terrible, terrible, uh, yeah, terrible. I'm going to shoot 2% until shot. the last second. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then it's like, he got into it with the Ingles guy. And yeah. I'm like, ooh, you're in Utah. You're fighting the white guy on the team. <laughs> Woo. The fans are like, hey, man, yeah. come on. Yeah. I was like, hey, hey. I was you always have like, to bro. fight and the fans have to pick one side. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, dude, I was like, you're getting carpet and bombed right now, bro. Like, it's serious. Well, it was interesting after the Westbrook thing when the Utah players had the meeting and like four of the guys on the team were like, kind of when, what was it, Ekbe Udo yeah. had some quotes about it and mm-hmm. They were way more anti the fans' behavior than I was prepared for. Yeah. Because usually if it's your team's fans, you just kind of either like, don't say anything or, well, you know. Yeah. yeah they, 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 those fans don't represent everybody. But mm-hmm. these guys were like, Fuck they know this. the deal. This, this they know the yeah. deal. Like, that yeah. was weird. Because, yeah. I mean, like, you can imagine it goes the other way, too. Like, if, if, if you're missing you know, shots, if you're missing shots, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're blowing plays, if you're missing layups, then you're probably getting the same equal opportunity N words. Yeah. You know what it. I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's funny, though, that we care about how players are treated by the fans, and yet we don't care at all about the social media component of that. It's like, wow, well, it's social media. Yeah. Like, because I, it's it's like, I feel shouldn't like, we care about both? We should, but then like, it's just like social media. The thing is like that Tyler, the creator tweet, that he says cyberbullying isn't real. You could just log off. A lot of these people, sometimes, you know, you're not on Twitter like that, or you talk to these people, they're like, I'm not on social media every day. I don't see every tweet or whatever. Yeah. But there's a big difference between some tweeting some wild thing at you and someone actually saying it to your face. Yeah. I've always said, like, if you say something in text, it takes a lot more balls to say it in person than to say it via text. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I agree So, like, a lot of these dudes probably just are sh- saying this shit on Twitter, and they would never... 
in a million years. Even if they're in the 300s, say that shit out loud to, to Westbrook or to anybody. There was like a troll earlier this week that was uh, trolling someone about having dead kids or something? Some player? Oh, uh, a reporter. Yeah, yeah, a reporter. And I was just like, you look and you're like, this person would never, 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 never in a million years say this to this person's face. But you you have that anonymity and it's like, there's really? that distance. I just think they're just swallowing. I think the problem, it's I like expect the worst. It's like when you get the force field. Yeah, you know? I expect the worst with social media. Yeah. But I wonder if some of that carries over to the actual stands where people are in the in the mode of I've seen that because and then it's like there's there's almost like no way to discern the difference mm-hmm. between the two. You have worlds. people who say wild things on Twitter and they get a response and then you go to a game and like cause my boy was doing this. I was like, you have to chill. And um he was basically saying his like he was talk he was yelling like he was tweeting. And he wasn't tweeting, he wasn't yep. yelling to get a response from the players. He was doing that absolute worst thing where you're kind of drunk and you just want laughs from the people sitting around you and it's like disruptive to yeah, the game. Be, you're not that uh, funny. Low batting average. Yeah, yeah, like, it's like low-hanging yeah. fruit. Get out of here. It is, though. It's totally changed at basketball games. People are much nicer. Mm-hmm. People are much more respectful. And you can't, the players can't fucking hear you because they're playing music all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You I think that, like, that was a great idea by whoever decided to do it. It just drowns out everything. Yeah. I remember going to the, all the Patino games with the Celtics in the late 90s when we just sucked. Yeah. And it was just people just kind of mad and it was silent and mm-hmm. there would just be like, you know. You just see the ball dribbling. Oh, my. And, and there'd be a squeaking. A free throw, no noise. And mm-hmm. so would be like, hey, Antoine, you suck. Yeah. You know, they're just like. <laughs> <"Hey, laughs> they the suits and the ties undone because like, they got to work. Yeah, and there's like, there's no way Antoine didn't hear that. Yeah. Right. And now it's, they can drown out pretty everything. much. Yeah. Everything. Everything. But those, as you said, the the front couple rows, yeah. that's where you might have. Man, I remember going to, like, not even, it's it's sports wide, I think. Like, because I remember going to a baseball game way back in the day and it was like I forgot it was there was some Atlanta Braves outfielder who had just gotten a DUI like the like the week before then the the he comes they come in to play the Yankees and the entire bleacher section is like DUI DUI I mean that's the old Yankee stadium yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, he stadium as well. Remember Jose Canseco? They threw, he was dating Madonna and oh, they threw the blue yeah. up door on the field at him. Yeah, that like, was wild. That was like the, the, the Bills mafia. Like, yeah. the, they, we started the Bills mafia. Used to mafia. be able to bring batteries into, like, yeah. Yankee Stadium was something. In the it 90s. was. <laughs> but you have to I remember the neighborhood around it at that time yeah. was wild. If you, you went in upper there, deck, yeah. <laughs> man, if you went in there with an opposing team's, like, hoodie, that shit would be full of peanut shells by the end of the third inning. I went. I I think I told you guys this. How I went with the Bruins jersey, the Red Sox shorts, and the Celtics hat or Why? something. Why? Like, I was just like, fuck you these guys. I'm representing. <laughs> yeah. And people were just throwing shit the whole game. We thought it was hilarious, though. We had a good sense of humor about it. But at the same time, I look back, I'm like, that was insane. Because <laughs> yes. especially the upper deck was just a straight angle, fall. right? Yeah. yeah. So if, like, as you get vertical, so you, you, you fall all the way you're down. down. You're going down. Oh my God. I remember a lady came in, she had like a leather jacket. It was just, and it had like, it was like what you do about all the Boston championships. Yeah. And the whole time, just peanuts at her, peanuts at her. And she's in good spirits. And then someone just takes the actual full bag of peanuts and just <laughs> hits her in the back of the head. And security had to come and escort her out. And they're just heckling her out. Well, you feel that. I remember in the 84 finals, Celtics Lakers. Mm-hmm. And it was all Celtics fans. But then Jack was there. Mm-hmm. And Jack thought it was a good Jack Nicholson. He thought it was a good idea to like hang over the balcony and do the choke sign and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go very well. And like after that, he was just protected. Cause I actually yeah. think like people are like, fuck that guy. We don't care who Jack Nicholson is. Yeah. He's he has to die. We're <laughs> 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 killing him. I totally see that. But now you see these games where, you know, because the secondary market, 
there's mm-hmm. fans from the other team all over the place. Oh, Especially yeah. like at Knicks games. Like if the Knicks get good again, you'll see it. It's oh, not gonna yeah. be all Knicks fans. There's gonna yeah. be fans of like whoever the, they're playing. Well, whoever. Knicks, Knicks games now, already are weird because like you'll go on like StubHub or something, and it's just like the Knicks are playing some terrible team on a Tuesday night, and the price of the tickets, you're like, who is going to this? And then you go there, and it's like tourists, it's people from other teams, and that's I think the problem with tanking in New York, quote unquote. The game, people are always going to go to the yeah. games, whether they're Knicks fans or not, because it's not so much I want to see basketball. It's like, hey, we're on 34th Street. Like, let's do It's like going to a Broadway play. Well, MSG yeah. is like Fenway Park or Wrigley or a couple yeah. of the yeah. other places mm-hmm. where it's kind of, it is the best place to see a basketball game. Yeah, Even I sure. would admit that. You got to yeah. do it at least once in your life. It's, it's, that's it's what all the players say. Like, every superstar that's ever come to the NBA has been like, man, to, to perform well in front of the, yeah. in, uh, in the mecca of basketball, you know, da 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 also, it's very yeah. ironic that MSG is the mecca of basketball, but like all Rangers fans are MAGA. So yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that I'll be at Rangers games. You got a problem? Come see me. I'm the guy that looks like JB Smooth. <laughs> well, it is like how an actor always feels like they have to be in a Broadway play to kind yeah. of yeah. test their chops. Like when Zion's in the league next year, mm-hmm. the MSG game will be the most important road game he has. Oh, so, yeah. no matter what team he's on, mm-hmm. it's like I mean, Zion's he'll be in New York City tonight. This is a thing. He'll be on the Knicks. So you have like a 14% chance. Somehow they changed the lottery ads during the one I year they needed the next year. Wow, thank you the for winning that. Yeah, you yeah, lost yeah, 11%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but listen, uh, Kyrie won't be with the Celtics next year. So, you know, we'll, we'll both be sad in a way if we don't get the first pick. But Kyrie is definitely out of there. It's a very complicated relationship with him and the Boston fans right now. Because there's yeah. a lot of love for who him do, right as now. A, as a Celtics fan, who do, you, who do you want? Do you want the young guys to get minutes and come up like a la Philly? Or do you want a guy like Kyrie to stay and potentially disrupt that whole dynamic Which with like Tatum and months. Brown and whatever? He but like that could, that could resurface. Right. You know what I mean? Like people to people. That could always resurface. Like if Tatum has a stretch of games where he's like blowing it for 10 games in a row, you think Kyrie's not going to get on his ass? Like I saw a, uh, an interview where it was uh, uh, Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson have a uh, like a podcast interview thing. And they yeah. interviewed Kyrie and Tatum at the same time. Well, the, those guys are buddies, though. They're Duke. There's some sort of Duke thing, even though Kyrie was there for ten games and yeah. Tatum was there for a year. <laughs> Kyrie did a tour. Duke fan. We both. We both. All the travails we went through with Duke. Uh, yeah, all the t- the Kyrie, 48 minutes we played together. Kyrie <laughs> played, yeah, he played like 100 minutes of Duke. The it's weird. We it's he's been on his best behavior mm-hmm. really since the All Star break when eh, it was the end of February when everybody was like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy? Why right. does he yeah. keep giving his soliloquies about leadership? Why is he calling LeBron James?" Like, really seemed like he was like sabotaging the team. Yeah, in a lot is that of ways. like is that verified though? Like, does he it, like I read this stuff and I'm like, how much of this is true? And how much of this is bullshit? it was it was all 100 percent true. Oh, we, yeah. we, the worst thing you could be in the NBA is condescending. Uh, because all of these guys think they're hot shit. Oh yeah. No matter who they are, they have their five people in their life. Oh like, yeah. The so you take like Jason Tatum, who's making seven million a year. He dunked on LeBron in the conference finals. Now no, it's All Star like, break. He's got his shoes that have no shoelaces. Mm-hmm. He's got people like, yeah, man, you're gonna be the guy, Good man. And then Kyrie is like, these young guys don't know what it takes, and yeah, you know, yeah. you know how it goes. But you saw what happened when they faced LeBron. Like at towards the end of the game, you could tell like, yo, everybody in this team is fucking sixteen years old, because they were yeah. all playing hero ball. Because they were, yeah, they were like, yo, I'm gonna pull up to, I'm from forty and chuck this tree, chuck this three. There's twenty three seconds left on the shot clock. What kind of shot selection is that? You know what I mean? Like, how much of that is them, and how much of that is 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 the coach being like, yo, my man, like I'm the coach, like I set a play, 
Right. If, if if there's a busted play, kick it out to the vet. You know what I mean? Kick it back out to Kyrie, let him set up, or let him do his thing. Because Kyrie could dribble through anything. Well, he like, is kind of like a genius, which yeah. I think it's hard for people. He has a very people. high basketball IQ. Yeah. He's a high basketball IQ, and he's also just like incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I've never watched a player day in, day out who makes the shots that he makes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he, he just like dances through defenses. He's perfectly like, coordinated on left and right side, but... He's he was condescending. He fell on the sword. He admitted he was a dick to the guys, mm-hmm. and it's been better since. But it's like, like if you went to Showtime, right? Who's the biggest star at Showtime? Like the guy from Billions, yeah, yeah. Mr. Billions. And if you met that guy and he was just like a fucking dick Dickhead. to you, like, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. But when you get to the level, you know, we've been in Billions, we've been nominated for Emmys and stuff, and we know how it's done here at Showtime. And you'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, no, that why are you telling me that? That actually wouldn't bother me because I like he'd do that whole speech and I'd be like, oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> like, what was that? I was like, was that Ray Donovan? Better Ray Donovan give the speech. Was Ray Donovan just like with blood coming out of his nose. I think that was Liam Neeson. I was like, yo, are is we that, in the shy? What's going on? What is this? The shy. What's going on? That'd be a good crossover episode. For We've been working out. We want to do some around the shy. Yeah. No, no we, like, yeah, we're just somebody... going to start walking into Showtime shows. Just yeah. ruin the plot. Just yeah, like, straight up. Just like having like a real dramatic moment on Billions. Yeah. We just come through like, yeah. like yeah. We're going to be yeah, in the, we're these guys. <laughs> we're going to be in the season finale of Smilf. But can we talk about how... Let's... So you guys think you're getting correct, Kyrie? I mean, either or. This is my... Free agent wish list. Okay. KD is the top of the wish list. I okay. would hope so. He's one of the best 15 players ever. And yes. <laughs> at guard, I would take either Kyrie or Kemba. Kemba, because he's a Bronx guy, he's a hometown guy, and he can fucking hoop. You know what I mean? And right. I'm a, like, when you say he's a Bronx guy, because some some people will do this liberally with Brooklyn and the Bronx specifically, where mm-hmm. it's like, he's from Brooklyn, and then you find out like they he lived there for two years and left. No, he was, no, he's he's pure he's like the Bronx legitimate guy. pure, legitimate like, pure went to high school with the projects. He went to high school mother, at Rice, My mother used to work at oh, he the— went to, He went to high school at Rice, which is yeah. Harlem, but it was because his friend who he lived with in Soundview Houses was— Going to Rice, so he so was like, it was either sense. that or my I was, mother I was, was go the to head librarian Raymond's. at Soundview Library, and like she knew Kemba Walker because as soon as he got the NBA contract, he moved, which is brilliant. That's you got to do that. In the so Bronx, you but. guys, how do you handle the Dennis Smith Jr. part of this thing? Because you, you I know, like him, I love no, him. I know, but you get Kemba, you're like, okay, De- Dennis, thanks, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. Thanks. look, I'm I'm taking I'm like I'm running lineups where it's just like, all right, who's the pass first guy? Seven and, guards. You know, like and KD, that, that's what the NBA is now. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like small guys that can shoot. Like if you got five guys on the floor and two of them can't shoot, you're fucked. You know it's what I'm true. saying? Yeah. That's why. I, that's why I think the Bucks are going to destroy the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, like I'm leaning that way as well. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think that they're going to make it to the to the finals. You know what I mean? And I think they can really give Golden State trouble. I had rock. I have Rockets Bucks, and I had that before the playoffs, and I still have it. Yeah. I feel like it's a Rocket C kind of year. Yeah, they might they might turn it on against the against the world. So the Kemba thing, if he's actually real New York, he he gets it then. Yeah. So that if I were him, when we were at the NBA awards like two years ago, yeah, he got like the award for uh, like citizenship award or something like that, like a, you know good I'm a good guy award. Yeah. Like I helped the community award. That's what they call it. The I'm a good guy. Award. Yeah, yeah, I'm a good guy. <laughs> the, the, he won the I'm a good guy. So he goes up to make his acceptance speech or whatever, and I was just like super drunk, and I was just like BX all day, and you could like actually hear it on the telecast. And he turns around, and he's like, Yes, sir. But like, he's really take, from the Bronx. But to come to the Bronx, we have to take a pay cut. To come to the Knicks? No, the Knicks got two super max uh, slots. Well, the, Charlotte can give him more, more especially yeah. if he makes like third team All NBA this year. Yeah. They could add to it, but it's really an extra year. Mm-hmm. He's really Barry actually, Sandersing it if he stays in Charlotte, though. Let's keep it real. 
Oh, I I think like, if, he's one of the few NBA players that if he actually walked into a restaurant, I'm not sure a lot of people would know who he was. Right. Like Dame, good. Campbell Walker? Dame Lillard, I think people would be like, oh, that's Dame Lillard. Yeah. I'm not positive people Fam, would I, recognize Kemba We know like Kemba Walker. If Kemba Walker walked in here and whispered, you guys and whispered to him, like, take out this cable and walked out, we wouldn't be like, that was Kemba Walker. Like, be like that guy looked like, like somebody. I was like, was like, that like, like your, your intern looks familiar. Like, yeah, yeah, he looks like I... But no, you have the all the time, like, not even a name dropping. Uh, Chris Paul is staying at our hotel. And so I'm walking through the lobby. He's like, yo, I love your show. Oh, my God. And I was like. That, that he looks like Chris Paul, but he's I'm like, sure. I'm like, all I've ever seen this guy is like in a jersey and then he's like in a suit and everything. And like, oh, he's a little shorter than you'd think, too. He's oh, like 5'10. So, yeah. but five, it, ten, ended five, be, it ended up being Cliff Paul, but you know, same thing, same <laughs> wow. thing, same thing. But no, that, that, because then I was like, oh wow, this is LA. Like, there's a, you see someone, you're like, there's a possibility of a basketball player or rapper or just that's why you guys somebody. need to move here. Yeah, I'm I mean, thinking, I'm thinking we about need it. you. Uh, you think about you think about it? You do like Black split screen? Yeah. Like Tommy, Tommy's been, Tommy's, oh yeah, we're just going to Skype in. <laughs> yeah, the that Showtime is like, the hell you are. <laughs> Let's take a break to talk about State Farm. Players and fans prepare all year for the playoffs. They need to be ready for anything. With a State Farm agent on your team, you can be ready for anything too. They can help you prepare for whatever life throws your way. Who's the most prepared player in the playoffs right now? Gotta give it to Dame Lillard. He assassinated the the uh, the Thunder. It may have put a dagger in the whole Westbrook, Georgia. I don't know, three first-round playoff exits in a row, but uh, they talked trash to him after game three. He stayed focused. He quoted the art of war on his Instagram after he knocked him out. Um, unbelievable performance. Dame Lillard, winner of round one. We're going to talk about him with uh, Ryan Russell on Sunday Night's Podcast. We'll, hold, we'll do a whole damn section. Talk to a State Farm agent today about combining your home and auto insurance, get a teammate who can help you prepare for the unexpected. A teammate as good as Dame Lillard. State Farm, here to help life go right. Also, since we're here, let's talk about Luminary, revolutionizing the way we listen to podcasts. It's an amazing free app that launched this week, actually. Features like a simple user interface, personalized content recommendations. The Luminary app is a better way to listen to the shows you already know and love. Uh, You can get the majority of the biggest podcast on there right now. And uh, they also have a groundbreaking new service, Luminary Premium, caters to podcast fans by delivering an incredible network of 40 ad-free podcasts available only on Luminary. However you choose to Luminary, you'll appreciate what they're doing for uh, podcasting. We have a podcast right now on Luminary. It is a little spinoff series from uh, The Rewatchables called The Rewatchables 1999. The first one we did was American Pie. Uh, the next one we're doing next week is Cruel Intentions. And uh, we're going to do, I think, a, a season of 10 and then take a little break because we have something else special coming on Luminary. But you can check all those out. Uh, we've not stopped doing the rewatchables either because we got Mean Girls coming next week. But if you sign up for Luminary Premium with luminary.link slash Bill Simmons, You'll save a dollar off your subscription every month for the rest of your first year. You'll be entered for a chance to win an exclusive experience with one of their creators, like two tickets to see Trevor Noah perform stand-up followed by a meet and greet with the man himself. Once again, luminary.link slash Bill Simmons, no purchase necessary, must be 18 years or older and a resident of the continental U.S. Void where prohibited. See official rules and details at luminary.link. Back to the Bodega Boys. Uh, what NBA players recognizing you guys, the show, the whole thing, is that happening a lot? You feel yeah, like you're yeah, in the mix with that? What happens is if someone did the show, 
they tell everyone in the locker room and then they tell everyone else and like every, all those NBA players they rock with like they've been rocking with us since like the podcast right, right. so they love the Vice show and they love the Showtime show and like they like when you meet them it's very sincere it's not like yo I know about you they're like yo I love every show yeah. this was my favorite episode oh you're, that's good and like, you're like wow you know not to name drop again but like literally like after a show like CC will be like yo I didn't really like that interview but this thing was mm -hmm. really hilarious da 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 or so like you have like, an athlete and they're like yo we watch it every night and the wife is like yeah sadly and you're like, no, you know, like, well, I'm going to go with the breadwinner here. But. It's only a half hour. It's not like she's yeah. sitting through 60 Game of you know, Thrones episodes. You know what I mean? If you're, if you're really into it and like, you're like, yo, these guys are funny. And you're just like, they're just like, I, I get, they, you get, they're too loud. They talk too fast. They curse too much. You know, you Who's been the best NBA player you've had? Best NBA player. Um, or just like the best performance cancer. from a guest. And his cancer and his because cancer he came on yeah. after he got into the trouble with the Turkish the government. Turkish government. Oh, and he yeah. came right off the plane to do the interview. Yeah. Even though he made that comment today thanking the Knicks for waving him. I love him. that guy. He's great. Yeah. He's, just, great. he's just happy wherever he goes. It's he's funny. He's at the Such NBA Awards. He was, he was at the NBA Awards. And he's like, my guys. And I'm like, yo, this, this seven foot Turkish guy loves us. This is great. <laughs> he's, he was available because it was clear the Knicks were going to buy him out. Mm-hmm. I wanted the Celtics to get him because it's not like we're like totally set with post up guys and yeah. and you can't you know. just have all Al Horford. I know Dominicans are very powerful, you know what I'm saying, and and tenacious and good teammates and 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 good at everything that they do. You know what I mean? But like you need you know backup another guy, yeah. yeah. And he's a good teammate and all that stuff. <laughs> he ended up on Portland. Now he's like playing crunch time and it's amazing. Yep. You know, because um, who did they have like before him? Like before they picked him up, who who was their uh, well, Nurkic got hurt, so yeah, he's exactly. kind of saved, saved the day for them. Yeah. You on the Showtime show, you've had some some powerful guests. It's almost like you have somebody good booking the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> best booker, best booker in Hollywood. Yeah, uh, you know, know what it is? Tommy, Tommy God. God. You know what I'm saying? You had AOC though. Yeah, yeah. That was that, that was, was actually a lot easier to get. You guys than, are getting in with her earlier before she becomes president in like a. Oh yeah, oh, for yeah. Sure. be in that cabinet. She's oh, definitely gonna be the president. I'm gonna oh, be director God. of vibes. Yo, twelve years. Yeah, like you, you got to take a cabinet defense. position. Cabinet position. Secretary of Defense, right here. <laughs> <It's okay>. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yo, just. Uh, what do you guys want to do? You want to blow up the ocean? Let's do it. Fuck it. Who cares? Get rid of the plastic. What do we do? How's oh. that? What, what kind of charisma does she have? I have she's I've never cool. seen anything she's with her. She's super cool. So then when you, you know what the thing is, it's like, she's actually a Bronx person. Like we know, like we've been, we've hung with her in the Bronx. We know her. And there's a difference in when she talks to us than when she's on TV. And like, we know the real, like, you know, you have to code switch. And that's yeah. why it's so, it's kind of funny watching people attack her for stuff that's like, they're like, you didn't really grow up in the Bronx. And it's like, no, she really did. Like we're talking, yeah. you could tell by she's like her spots cadence in the and like and addiction and stuff. And she and named that spot by Park Chester, by Park Chester, like yeah. stuff you would only know if you live there. I'm she's bartending like eighteen months ago. Yeah, I don't know what people are expecting here. No, yeah, she it's... just she just started this part of her life yeah. in a really significant way. And you would way. think she the way she gets media coverage, she was the most she was the most important politician ever. Like anytime they're always like, "What does AOC think?" And she's like, "Fam, I'm just trying to run this yeah. little area over here." It's but... funny though when you get in the headlines like that. It just like that even happened there. to Jamel at ESPN. Once mm -hmm. the Trump thing started, Ooh, you would thought yeah. Jamel was like the by far the biggest person at ESPN. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. But she was getting headlines every time. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. when they tweeted out that um AOC was gonna be on our show, we got attacked on Twitter by so many Russian bots. It was actually amazing because it was just really? like it was yeah. just like go back to Barton and terrible memes. And you're looking and you're like, this is not this is not an organic human tweet. And yeah. you go back and you look on the tweet and it's just like it's an account it's that like just a started. It's, it's like, like Tom one eight nine six seven eight nine six seven eight nine eight nine four eight. All the tweets are responses to like within twelve seconds to anything AOC has tweeted. Yeah, it's just they're, nonsense. It's just they're random tweeting at you guys like the Yankees 
stink very badly. Yes, yes. 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 They're like, Nick's terrible. I'm like, okay, first Nick's of all, like, everyone knows we'll that. We'll always but. be bad, bad team. team. I prefer Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'm sure you do. Like, I'm sure you do. All right, Rush Putin. By. All right, Putin. Like, you stole one of KD's burner accounts. I see what you did here. So what? So when you're doing the Showtime show, what was the balance between keeping the DNA of the old show, but also trying to? Just doing half and half. Like, just um, giving people what they want up top. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like us. You guys riffing on the Riffing on current things. stuff. And then, and then like, kind of like, like, you know, adding Showtime's money and the production skills to, like, take the little jokes and sketches we've done on the podcast yeah. and blowing up. And people, you know, like, just, just like, oh, we make these funny sketches, these little off one jokes. And on the podcast, we have to just do them verbatim, like improv yeah, style. Yeah. And just taking those really funny ones and uh So you rehearsing the riffs or spelling them out? And nah, then when you're on no, the show? It's very yeah. curb, your yeah. enthusiasm, where it's like... Just beats. Yeah. So the script is like, yo, y'all are here. So like we got a sketch where there's a character that's from the podcast. I'm not going to... No Ruin spoilers. It. No spoilers. But there's a character from that originated in the podcast. And we did a whole sketch based around that character doing his job badly and uh it's all beats it's like hey, all off the arrive top of the here this you know this uh activity is supposed to happen go all right we're gonna end here now the next activity is supposed to happen all right go like the next scene is you me know? and my wife and like we're just yeah. riffing we're just making up stuff yeah. on it like it comes out because that's what people want to see. Yeah. If More we're scripted, natural. it's like very stiff and you know that's And also, right. there's certain things that it will come. It doesn't seem scripted. So yeah. I, I didn't know how you were doing it, but it felt yeah. the same as We want to keep thing. the fluidity of the old show and just yeah. like keep the improv and off the cuff style. Because like if, like it was like at one point we were doing like pickups and it was just like, you could tell yeah, like if a joke tough. is like, say a joke is super funny, but like you kind of just fumble it at the end. We were just like, yo, just leave it like that. Because it's never going to have the same energy if we have to repeat it and right. the crowd's not going to react the same and you know, and you have a writer's room now. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the How writers. How many writers do you have? Yeah, uh, what is six? it? Six? You got six, six writers. Yeah. I heard it was just all white guys. I thought that was fucking weird. No, 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 we, no it's all two. white guys. <laughs> it's all white guys. We have no need for diversity. Like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. No, we have, we have four guys. This is how we James. do it. This is how they do it. <laughs> no, we have a very diverse writers room. We have Z Way, we have Heaven, we have Josh, I, I figured Mike, it would Robert, Claire. Yeah. Claire, yeah. And I think that's the best part of it the diverse, like, because Claire, for example, Claire Freeman, shout out to her. She grew up on the Upper East Side. Her father's a huge Yankees fan. Mm. So she gets that. So amazingly, like, we'll do Yankee jokes. And she's like, this is my wheelhouse. And, no. like, you wouldn't expect, you know, like, she's like this white girl from the Upper East Side. You wouldn't expect her to, like, know these references and stuff. And then so each person kind of has, like, the wheelhouse. And they know where to go with each joke. And they work together. Yeah. And it's like, if we're That was my favorite thing about doing my show, which did not last very long. But I absolutely loved the writer's room, that mm -hmm. having, like, that whole group. And just the spitball. And just shooting the shit, Because that's yeah. what I, when I worked for Jimmy, it was the same thing. Yeah. And that show didn't do well the first year either, but we had, like, the room. Yeah. And the room was always the most fun part. Because they come up with such Nothing wild stuff. Nothing was sacred. I love it. Yeah, you could cross any line. It was okay. Yep. It was, like, all in the name of, how do I make this person laugh? Yeah. yeah. And they'll come up with stuff. And, like, every now and then they'll do a sketch and you're like, pfft. This ain't it, bro. But then yeah. sometimes they'll do something. You're like, come on, this is hilarious. Like, Ugh. let's start shooting this right now. Yeah. Well, it's it's like a batting average. You're not gonna bat yeah. a thousand. Yeah, that's what, and that's you, what it was. Like you go three for ten, it's great. Yeah. Going from not having any writers at all to yeah. having writers, we're used to just being like, okay, everything we do is good. That sounds very arrogant, but, yeah. but it's just like it's it's it's, it's it's true. It's true. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we would go out in front of the we camera. The Mike and just, like, is a late night. Exactly. <laughs> who is Mike? Is woke now? By the way. 
I, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Woke Mike. I have a lot of. I, I yeah. can't wait. I don't. I yeah. don't want to jump the gun. I just want to say Kaepernick a, and Mike are on the yeah. same level right, right now. Yeah, look, MLK, Rosa Parks, <laughs> Michael, fucking Francesa. Yo, but nah. <laughs> wait till we re- we're gonna remake Green Book with Mike Francesa driving us to the south. Mike first time, long time. You guys eat chicken? Mike Francesa and Jason Willock. <laughs> oh my god Oh my god uh, I'm dying They're just reading Kate Smith lyrics <laughs> Was this racist? Oh shout out to that Did you I see that clip though? Of my now that I see the clip I forwarded it to like 30 people I'm like just You just have to watch you this have What's to funny about it. the Kate Smith thing I was like he's not gonna actually Say Play the words. Yeah, right? I was like, are, Mike's not going to say the words. Yeah. He's going to do the Mike thing. He's going to be like, Well, that's what he started doing. Yeah. He's just reading it out of the air. There's he's like, silence. <laughs> People are driving like, Did he die? Did he have a stroke? Nobody does dead air like Mike. Oh we my did God. the Kate, We covered the Kate Smith stuff on episode 122 yeah. of our podcast. Yeah. yeah. The like, episode right is literally called, called Picking Any Heaven. Yeah, we played it and everybody, afterwards, everyone was like, What the, what the I was fuck? And you know what? My beef with it was not that it was racist. I hate the version of Kate Smith, God Bless America, the Yankees play. It sounds like they downloaded it off Napster. Like it's 120 yeah, 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 It's so crispy. And Kate Smith, overrated with overrated. God Bless America. Overrated. She's not overrated. that good. Yeah. Kate Smith's got no slappers. Not no. a bring the house down kind of no, performance. not at all. No. Not at all. It's just I very, totally it's very like boardwalk the, empire. When was the last time you were in a club, they put on some Kate Smith, you were like, yeah. Yeah, this never. shit bangs. Never. never. It's like the Marvin Gaye... 1983 NBA All-Star Game. Underrated. Underrated. Yeah. Even though, or maybe properly rated, but that was like amazing. Mm-hmm. The Kate Smith was, it was all right. I don't know. It's just like, you hear it, you're like, all right, I'm going to the bathroom. Big old lady. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just hear it being played on one of those like old record players yeah, with, with like the, the big, big ass horn on it. Like, and then it, it reminds you of like the time the Yankee Stadium when that song was popular. Like I just want to say, maybe yeah. I could have watched the games. Like yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a different culture. You know what I'm saying? So why do you want to rest- remind for that? If we're, we're going to go back like, to 1931 though, if we're really going to legislate 90 years ago mm-hmm. and what was okay, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. We are. And by but... the way, guess who didn't have black people hmm. on the their team? Yeah. Every MLB every team. team. Yes, all the teams. <laughs> no, we're quite aware because every time well, I look the at the Red black Sox. and white every photos, I'm like, wow. Yeah. I have a black and white photo with no black. And they're just like, but that back then, they're eating like so mud pies and like, home run. <laughs> so we just did a rewatchables podcast on Field of Dreams. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest flaw in Field of Dreams which is even, you know that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Costner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. build it, they will come, yeah. James Earl Jones is the writer. Yeah. Terrence Mann, like the really, the 60s, 70s, like social activist mm-hmm. writer. And they have this field and it's just all white guys coming back to the field. It's like, could have thrown like three Ooh, Negro Leaguers in there? Like three? Satchel Page Satchel was Page available? Somebody, uh, right? Josh Gibson couldn't have on, made somebody? the trip. Yeah. It's hilarious. But yeah. it's like the hugest glitch in that. But that the point is like, if you're going to go like, Pre nineteen fifty, you're gonna it's, you're it's gonna, gonna be ugly. It's gonna be across ugly. The ugly. Oh yeah, but then it's there's just like, no wins. There's no wins. So don't even. So I don't know don't what even to do. I would have got rid of it because it was a bad suck. That's yeah. what they should have ran with. Yeah, like they should. This whole thing about oh we just came across her racially tinged. So, no, no, all darkies go to heaven. Yeah, like, that's the reason darkies were born. Yeah, they, ma'am, that's not racially tinged. <laughs> that well, is a splash of racial adobo. Like, <laughs> well, what about the whole thing where it's like actually she was parroting. That's See, the thing. She's parodying. Like, 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 They didn't have a polio vaccine or satire. Let's yeah, stop it. Yeah, like. Barstool Sports was not around in 1930. 
He's talking about Portnoy came off the Mayflower. Like, what's up, guys? What's up, what's guys? Up, I'm guys? reviewing this. Uh, Bought this pizza from England. That's good. Uh, see, uh, the king likes it. You guys, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, you guys suck. Your team sucks. Uh, uh, the, ball, the Bruins are way better. Yeah, they get the pucks deep. Uh, yeah. And he has bleep, he has hot hockey Boston <laughs> accent talk. Uh, but can we talk about the decision? I don't know how many producers Mike has. Mm-hmm. At some point, Mike's like, let's get into this Kate Smith thing. Yeah. At some point, somebody in the room's got to be like, actually, Mike, don't. No. Don't. Mike, Mike, please, please don't. don't. Please don't. Please don't. Please this don't. could go very wrong. To be please fair, don't. though, after I watched that clip, I thought the ending was going to be totally different. He actually, he pulled it off yeah. in a weird way, except yeah. for maybe <laughs> talking about some of the words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might not have done that. But yeah. you know what? For online, everyone was like, they were, they were really surprised the way yeah. he handled it. Because yeah. that, that was a like, normal you know, Francesca. Mike is a, Mike is a boomer. Mike is a is a, an Italian New York guy. Mike so is friends like, with Trump. You f- yeah, he, yeah, exactly. So then, like, you would expect him to be like, ah, who cares? You know what I mean? Like but the like, caller was. Yeah. So he was just like total opposite. So that was just like, wow, oh shit. Well, you have kids yeah. that watching that clip and not not knowing anything about it. Mm-hmm. It was that same sensation you have when your kid's like walking towards some bookcase or crawling towards some bookcase yeah. that's about to pull the bookcase. And you're like, ah! No, I didn't do the wall anchor yeah. thing. Well, maybe, well, maybe <laughs> your vision was the clip was two minutes. Because usually a Mike Francesa clip is like 30 seconds, boom, bam. It was two minutes. You're like, uh, there's, a of, there's a lot of stuff from terrible uh, yeah, yeah. stuff to develop. There's a lot of turns that he can make in this road mm-hmm. that could not be good for him. Wait, when he came, he came on your last show. Yeah. yeah. The Pope. Yeah. That was a and that he, was a big was, yeah, that was the one we put on. Everyone was like, Shout out to you. Shout out to you shout for that. That, that, happen. You know that was big. But I am worried because it, this whole new thing where uh people call it a crank column. Yeah, and it's gonna derail out of his show. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it either. As I someone mean, who used to listen, I mean, I used yeah, to listen to the show yeah. and you know Respect it's not, the institution. Yeah. yeah. And then Come also on. like other let people have actual questions. Like may, Mike might not answer them correctly, but at least we're gonna talk about sports. If you're just calling up there and you're just like, hey, uh, you think the Yankees should uh get Giambi for first base? Like yeah. Come on, we do that guy, every day. Yeah, the guy like, that called in and was just like, uh, "Hey, Mike, uh, you think with the uh, all the injuries uh, going on with the Yankees, uh, how about uh, calling up uh, some guy, you know, like an uh, old time, like Don Mattingly or something like that?" <laughs> and he's just like, "All right, okay." This guy waited three hours to ask me that question. You know, when you when you get back from Mars, try again. Yeah, you can see it. Just his like his energy <laughs> changes. He becomes more hostile, <laughs> and then they get, you get the ass kissing call afterwards. Like, "Hey, Mike, I hate when guys do that. You know, yeah. hey, uh, you're the best. You're the Pope. Just gonna hang up and listen." It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Mike, uh, what do you think about Noah Syndergaard? Is there too many vowels in his name? I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> too many vowels. <laughs> I do think like uh, that whole version of how to do radio just feels like it's from another era now. Because mm-hmm. I think podcasts, the conversations and the level of intelligence and the comedy, whatever you're getting for it, and they're so specialized now. Yeah. Or the bigger ones are just good. Yeah. Like this one, this is a good this conversation, is, this is, I would like to say. Yeah. Um, but to just be like, all right, let's take some calls. Vinny from Yonkers. Vinny from Yonkers. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Uh, <laughs> and then it's like, what are the odds that's going to go well? Yeah. Like one yeah. in four? Yes. I mean, the fact and that that's it's your, just like. That's your content for an hour. I don't, they're like, I don't, here's don't, one guy and just it. give him the mic for five hours every day. Yeah. It's like, there's no way. Like, I used to I watch that. Nuts. I used to watch that on the Yes Network. And it was just like, bruh. 
He's run out of things. Like he's like, all right, we're gonna get into golf now. And I was like, do you, I was like, do you even watch golf? The, uh, like you know about as much about it as I, I went do. on. I berate. I went on his show last month and was just berating him about Zion. I was like, you just gotta. You're in the wrong side of history on this one. You have to change your opinion on this. Like Zion's gonna be like a transcendent. Oh yeah, NBA he had player. like the yeah. wild like, hot take just, on it. Just back off. Like yeah. it's okay. You're wrong. And he's like, here's your get out I of jail free card. I he's never like, said that, Bill. He's not. He's too big. He's too big. He's not. He's gonna grow. What is he gonna be three hundred? Pounds. Mike, I never said that when he's <laughs> when he's all rookie, like rookie of the year, uh, all oh, first he NBA team. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like, I never said that. <laughs> the, you, like when he said UVA was never winning the yeah. title. <laughs> That's the thing, though. You say dumb shit. I have so many dumb things. Like, yeah, if you're on the radio for five fucking hours every day, yeah. it's like you're gonna say a and lot you get of too dumb comfortable. shit. You get too comfortable. You, know? you, you think, you're, and like we do that sometimes on the podcast. Every now and then, you know, we'll say something, and it's like. Yeah, Ooh. that has to be edited out. Yeah. I, have be edited out. I used to write these draft diaries. I have one from 2012 where the Portland takes Damian Lillard over Austin Rivers, mm -hmm. and I'm just crushing them for a paragraph. Because <laughs> like, they took over. Take the 22 year old Dame Lillard or a 19 year old higher ceiling Austin Rivers. Great pick, guys. And, <laughs> and I mean, you are, like, yeah. it's like, hey, can we? Yes, you destroy that from the archives. Yeah, I've had some bad ones. Yeah, I've had some bad takes. You can know? we hear about Brock's Chella? Bronx Cello. Woo! Shout out to the the click. First of all, we had a, the wild Airbnb that was just like five bedrooms. Coachella was weird. It was like, I don't know how many Ariana Grande songs you know, but apparently I know every one of them because I was just standing there in the desert in like a drug rug just singing along. I found out what a drug rug is. It's that, I don't it's like know that, it's like that hemp is. poncho that you always see like oh. uh, college students who don't go to class and they're in a quad playing hacky sack. Yeah, why is it called a drug rug? Because you smoke drugs while you were it. It's basically a rug. Oh. So it I was, thought it was like to sell drugs. No, no. It's like to be comfortable smoking doobies. And then Justin Bieber <laughs> came out and for some reason I became like a Beebs. I was like, the Biebs! Everyone's like, yeah, calm down. Calm down. Beebs has so a couple good. good songs. So yeah. good. Like, they were killing it. And it was I good. know this from my 13-year-old my daughter. Yeah. It's <laughs> a couple <laughs> good songs. The thing about uh, Coachella, not to flex, if you have an artist pass, the experience is way different than just regular admission. Regular admission, you're just there with like 5 million people. Artist pass, you're just on the other side of the gate looking at the five million people like look at you pores also i bought a 60 dollar pizza boom boom what'd you think of palm springs palm interesting springs drive right it's long out there it's just a, a long highway for just 90 minutes all of a sudden there's like a casino yeah and people <laughs> actually live out there there's, there's some cactuses wild. and then what, there's some houses mad yeah, not just, mountains and stuff wind like, farms oh that's where they have that tennis club that's where they have a tennis tournament that's the one where serena that was like some some Oh, Some when she stuff. died. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Go back. Oh, shit. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of old people. It's a yeah. weird vibe out there. I kind of like it. It's feels. It definitely Dry. feels like the California I heard about growing up versus because this is I was like, oh, California cactus and stuff. I was like, no, this is like a major city. But out there, it's like, yo, we in the desert for like. I always thought people in Coachella. Oh, shit, a dust storm. I thought people in yeah, Coachella were being cool with the mask over their face. No, you definitely need it because the wind will blow and all of a sudden you got gravel in your eyes and stuff. And I was it's like, where do you want to yeah. be when you're old? Because that's I casinos like, and restaurants. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. For oh, like old old. If you're like yeah, you're like eighty. Okay. Yeah. There's I'd golf like, courses. I thought middle aged like not that expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like that's where like Super Dave lived. That's he lived wild. in like Palm Desert. And then he, what do they do? They just and then leave? just fly him in for curb. Yeah. They leave for Coachella though, and then they come back. Yeah, they Is rent it? their houses. Yeah, out you for can like twenty grand. If oh, you man. you can have a house out there, and if you rent it out for Coachella, and what's the other festival? The Stagecoach, you pay your you pay your mortgage for the. You just yeah. have to clean up the vomit and the drug rug, the drug rug that's well, crammed in your, <laughs> no, your washer dryer. There was a binder. There were all the rules and everything. Like, yeah, 
You can't if you go to, if you get an Airbnb and you trash it, you're like you're done. You're probably never getting another Airbnb. We left. I think we might have left that Airbnb cleaner than when we got there. All right, we're gonna take a break to talk about Voodoo, a leading streaming app, a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to your favorite indie films. They recently launched an ad-supported on-demand service with over 8,000 titles you can watch for free, including classic movies and TV shows. Movies like Paddington, Legally Blonde, Stargate, whatever you're looking for, completely free. Uh, they're also the presenting sponsor of the Rewatchables podcast. Wow, they're back. I think we're doing Mean Girls next week. So yeah, that's happening too. Um, watch it for free on Vudu before you tune into the next episode. Vudu is available wherever you watch TV. They make it easy to access all your favorite entertainment with the click of a button. Enjoy Voodoo on your smart TV, Roku, Chromecast, iPhone, or Android online. No subscriptions, no contracts, just free entertainment. I got to say, this is another one of my favorite products. They had, uh, I did the Fast Furious bundle. I got all eight. They'll do these special discounts on on bundles, and you can just clean up on like the Godfather collection, Die Hard collection. What would you get, Kyle? Lord of the Rings. Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rundown forever. Yeah, you got. they'll have deals. You got to watch on Voodoo. Um, they also have all the vacation movies right now. You can check those out. Um, voodoo.com slash rewatchables, V-U-D-U.com slash rewatchables. Sign up, start watching today and catch up on Mean Girls before next week's rewatchable episode at VUDU.com slash rewatchables. Back to the Bodega Boys. So like, what, what's your recognizability at this place? Are people just yelling at you at yeah, this point? Taking pictures left and right. Is that and it, still weird for you? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I've come to terms with it, especially after this weekend. Like, it's yeah. like cool. Cause like you meet no one. It wasn't one of those things where you got to watch out cause someone's going to punch you in the back of the head. It's just like, you're meeting people and they're shaking and they're like, I can't believe I'm meeting you. And you're like, oh, let's flick it up. And like, they think you're Don't like Don't you find that it varies from cities? Cause like in New York, those guys must feel like when they meet you, it's like you've been in their life for a few years. They're just going to immediately. New York oh, people do. Yo, and then up? just yeah, yeah, yeah. mid conversation. No, well, I, I know, know that, that New York that people do the point or the head nod. Like yeah. they don't have the conversation. They're like, oh, they don't have the conversation. No, they're like, oh, I see you. Like, or they go, you're, and you just keep it moving. It'll, like, it's weird because, like, I didn't go to Coachella. I would, like, you know, it was Easter, well, Passover, my kids had basketball so, yeah, and shit. Yeah, so on. I was just like, I stayed home. And, um, but now, nah, like, I was going out a lot with them and then it would just be like even at the basketball uh, training camp it was just like there was three or four dads there they were like yo you know what I mean but they do that thing where they're like and then they wait for you to be like yeah I'm Meryl yeah and they're like yo man love the show like two of the, two of the dads at the training camp were like yo I love the show man you gonna be here next week I was like yeah of course I'm coming here every Monday to watch my kids hoop but like automatic it's like I never thought that, like, at a local community center right. with, like, you know, 10 kids there, that three or four of the dads that were there were going to be like, yo, I love your show, bro. And I was just like, holy shit. But then I, it made, it kind of made sense because it's like, the same age group. There was a line for the pedicabs that take you through the parking lot at Coachella, yeah. which is $10 a head, like, unless you don't want to walk it. You know, it's like all the prices for oh, everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> so we're online for the pedicab. It's the a priceless. long line. And all of a sudden, you just hear, you're, and I was like, all right, there's one person. And I go, you're, and then you hear other, oh my God, it's him. And like, it's like 20 people on this line, like, you're, Bodega Hive, ah, ah. And I was like, this is nuts. 
Yeah. Also, shout out to Bodega Hive for having money for Coachella. I'm very proud of you. We have come so far as an yeah, audience. Really we, we've gone from me and Meryl sharing a Metro card mm-hmm. to do our first podcast to yeah. having our face on a Metro card. Mm-hmm. And, ho- and I, now look, our and fans have cars. What's, what's their pose when they pose for pictures with you? Dude? It's always like, yo. It's like, you know, yeah. fingers up like, like, yeah, like, It's yo. like if you were boxers, there's always that. There's always that. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. when you meet, when you have the. Picture with Sugar Ray yeah. Leonard or but somebody. But we do the stereotypical so, club pose where, like, the fan is right here and you like, point yo, at them. Like, yo, it's, it's the man, man right, right here. here. The point's so they could put one. it on yeah. Instagram, like, yo, with the homies. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's totally changed because, like, I had my book tour in 2009 and there were really no cell phone cameras at mm-hmm. all. So it was just, like, sign the book. Yeah, yeah, now, now 10 years later, I bet it's, like, 2009. Photos are so much Nine? better because signing autographs is weird because I don't I don't have, like, a professional autograph. Yeah. So, like, people ask me to sign autographs. I'm signing the same way I sign my personal checks. And I was like, there's got to be a better way than this. Like, <laughs> right. Well, so, now it's got to be all selfies. If you it's do all selfies. Oh, yeah. Because that's like, how people... I if people come up and say... autographs, though. If people come yeah. up and say, uh, I want an autograph, I'm like, no, just pull your phone out. No one has time for this. Because doing an autograph is like, say we're coming out like 30 Rock or something. The car is right there. We have to get in the car and get out of there. You doing an autograph, then this next person, I want an autograph. I want an autograph. Now you're doing six autographs. Then people are like, I don't know who you are. I want an autograph too. Whereas before, it's like, yo, y'all want pictures? Boom, 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 boom. Dap security up, get in your car, get out of there. The tough thing is when it's like, can I get a picture? Sure. And this has happened. On, I've been on the side mm-hmm. of it, but I've also had it when taking a picture. It's I like, don't know what the oh, camera oh, icon looks like. Wait, hold like. on one second. Oh, damn it. I locked it. Uh, Bob, can you give me the passcode? Yeah. And you're just like, all right. You're still, you have your arm around somebody. You're like, ah, ah, do I take or, my arm down? One uh, of the worst ones, I think, was Yankee Stadium. And some guy was like, yo, my girl loves you. Like, could it be huge? Like, really loves like, you. Like, loves you. Like, can you FaceTime like watch? And I, wow. <laughs> wow. Snuck <laughs> that one in there, Bill. Yeah. Um, nice. He's like, yo, could you FaceTime my girl? The corruption of Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, sure. No, no problem. You know, call your girl or whatever. And he's not getting reception. I was like, all right, you got to go on the Yankee Stadium Wi-Fi. So he's like, oh, how do you do that? I was like, all right. <laughs> Open your browser. You have to go to Yankee.com. Put it in airplane mode. Now you have to register. They're going to text you. I was like, you know what? You take care of this. We meet back here the third inning. We will do Smart. the FaceTime thing. Because listen, I'm not doing genius tech support right now. And like, like stuff like that. Or people who just like, they've never used the camera app before. Yeah. And they're just like, they take uh, off their glasses and like, with this shit. Yeah, I'm nah. like, you know how to do this? I've been doing graffiti since I was 11. Like, autographs are way easier for me. Just marrow, boom. You know, BX, love you, peace, boom. Here, go. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's something tangible. That they could be like, yo, this is it. Wow, he really took out time. He I wrote like this thing for me. You know? I've never liked autographs. It right. just seems, because I was like, oh, look. I met someone and they signed this. Like, okay. So now, you, so you think the picture... The picture is much a picture is much more of a flex. You throw it on Instagram and people are like, yo, I can't believe you met him. Go throw an autograph on a go go throw an autograph on your Instagram and no one over <laughs> no one under do that 50 today. is going to be <laughs> oh, signature. Like, oh wow, you met Lenny Dykstra. Like, no, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely wouldn't care now. Now. So have you thought about going to more than once a week or no for the show? Yeah, you know, yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll see what yeah. I wish it was on more often. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I just I mean, you know what like it is? Because people got used to seeing us point. so yeah. often. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we'll, maybe we'll ramp it up. We'll see. Like, there's definitely a demand for more. And yeah. we're trying to figure That's out how to do it. That's the only negative criticism that we have received is it's not enough. Not enough. Yeah. 
it's never that, been by the like, way, that's, you know, if like, you're going to get criticized for something, that's right. probably the number the one. The best thing. The number one one you'd want. We need to I want more of you. We want to do like, we need Showtime. Showtime, if you listening, give us the Mike Francesa deal. Give us five hours every day. Five hours. <laughs> yeah. Just five hours in the chair just talking with no facts. Okay. So, Damian Lillard, you know, he's he's bad for the sport. He's pulling up for 40. Mons, is Damian Lillard black? Can we confirm that? Well, you could get more of you on Showtime, but I like your idea of the crossovers. Oh, yeah. You're getting more of us. We're on Ray Donovan tonight. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, but then it would just ruin it because, like, we don't know the plot lines. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Ray, Ray, what are you Ray, doing? Ray, shoot. He's like, no, are we're you not. Ray? Are, are you Ray? Ray? Are we going to drink whiskey and shoot people? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Wait, there was one other top. There's a music topic, and I'm blanking. Music. That I want to hit with you guys. Oh, the Beyonce Netflix special. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody went nuts about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was fine. Be oh, Bill, 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 Bill. Is it okay that I just thought it was fine? It was fine. I, you know okay what? You're, you're in a safe space. I don't think the beehive is going to come for you, but... It was fine. This is the thing. Like, Beyonce... You can't just say it was fine. What, are you saying the performance was fine, or are you just saying the Netflix fine. thing was fine? I just... I don't really love concert documentaries that much. It was, but, like, it was so fine. You had to look at the what went into it. The fact that she practiced for six months to perfect it. She had just had totally twins. Totally respected. She was, like, yeah. eating eggshells and stuff. Great. Like... You know, there's, and then if you it saw the actual quote, Bill, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to go, it? I don't want your timeline to just be like the B emojis, because it will. You don't want to be on the wrong side of that, Bill. Listen, they I, threw a lemon at Ariana Grande at Coachella. Someone carried a lemon all around Coachella all day just for this little girl to come on stage and throw it at her. It might have been for scurvy, You too. guys are afraid of the beehive. I've seen what they've done. Yeah, I I've mean, like, I done. thought it was fine. I'm not going to say I'm afraid. I think it changed my life. Do you remember that Macaulay Culkin movie, My Girl? Yeah. Remember at the end when he dies from the bee stings? That's what don't could be, happen? Don't, don't be that guy. Just trying to think of how many concert documentaries were That's like, what I'm saying. changed like, my life. Like that, Springsteen on Broadway it's, it's, was on Netflix. Well, they don't really, make, like, concert, they don't really make concert documentaries It's less anymore. about it being about Beyonce and more, for me, it's less about it being about Beyonce and more about it being a concert documentary. That's what I mean. Because the last one I saw was the Michael Jackson one, the This Is It. And was I was fine. just like, and I was like, yo, this is now, this is much different because this is about you know I mean? Beyonce saying, uh, showing that she, like everything on that stage was like, she had it. She had the details in mind. Everything had to go through her. And it was like, there's a respect for it because it wasn't like, yo, let this production company do this. She was like, yo, I want these people sitting here and I want this word uh, cut in the back of his head. And I want the camera to swoop down, focus on that and then come to me. And it's just like, when you see that level of detail went into the actual Coachella performance, you have no choice but to respect it. It's like, it's like watching LeBron I respected it. It was fine. or somebody at the top of their game. You I saw To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. It was the same thing. Like, level of detail was awesome. Amazing, yeah. I really liked it, but I also really liked it because I was there for it. I think with concert documentaries. Well, did you watch the Coachella live? I'm like, well, it was like four in the morning. But no. Well, if you had watched it live, you'd probably have a different uh, respect for the documentary. In person? No, not in person. Like, what do you mean? We all stayed up super late last year to watch Beyonce perform at Coachella and watch it live. So after doing that, it was just like, this documentary is a no-brainer because you're watching it and I'm like, how did she pull this off? I guess I don't know what I want from a concert documentary at this point in my life. Yeah. Because I would just I rather be at the concert. Mm. You know? Yeah. And you want to see the finished product. Sometimes you don't want to see how the sausage is made. And sometimes you do. Well, the other problem is YouTube has stepped on the concert footage to the point where yeah. I had already seen all the Beyonce stuff when it was on YouTube with people holding their phones. So it was like, That's true. you know, I'd back rather, in the day, it was like, I have no idea what this what happened. Yeah. Like, uh, Bruce Springsteen, when I was a kid, it was just like these mythic stories of going to the Springsteen shows. There was no actual footage of it. Right. That I could yeah. see. The thing that, that I didn't 
not that I didn't like about the documentary, but it was just like it kind of like there's this mystique around Beyonce where it's just like when she yes. performs, everything is perfect. Like even in the Super Bowl thing where she fell and she just like it was a, it was an accident, but it she made it look like part of the routine. And she like she never flubs shit on stage when she performs. So do you think you she has I mean? the highest approval rating of any celebrity right now? Absolutely. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. What's the top five? Top five approval ratings? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, uh, Beyonce, Mike Francesa, us, you, <laughs> and Tommy. Mike Francesa. Yeah. yeah. And Smith. And K- yeah, K- Smith is slipping in the rankings. She has a little red arrow down. See, from what, if, what if Beyonce had covered Kate Smith at Coachella? Listen. Ooh. She would have changed some of the lyrics. What if she, no, what if she left? Well, it, would have, it would sound different coming out of her mouth. Then Look, you're like, that's satire. And, but this is the thing, too. Like, beyond, like there's, there's fan bases that are so rabid yeah. that they will, they will dance in circles so like this, that that was a joke but like if she actually would have did that they would like the beehive would have found a way to justify that shit be like oh it was satire she was just bringing attention to something that was very problematic or whatever whatever, whatever. No, you know the beehive never had to explain the Beyonce song it's just like the Beyonce song is there if you don't get it fuck you literally, <laughs> that's literally how the fan base works what are your Billie Eilish thoughts She's fucking great. Loved her. I immediately uh, got that's back. That's my to the, daughter's favorite one right now. I immediately got back to the house and downloaded the album. I was like, "This is great." Yeah, I asked We're my actually, kids. Your I'm, kids listening? I yeah. asked my oldest son, and he was like, "I don't know who the fuck that is." We're actually Put going. It's a, da- it's a daughter thing. We're doing a uh, "Life Is Beautiful" in Vegas, and she's gonna be there. So it was. What is "Life Is up. Beautiful"? It's a huge. It's like, like a, a festival huge festival thing. The, the XX, Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend is gonna be there. Oh, it's like a music festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when is that? Uh, I'm sure we're sending ringer people. Yeah. Oh, Tommy's yeah. already. Yeah. Tommy's already on shirt. On. Who's on it? Tommy's you guys met shirtless Tommy at Coachella. Oh. Yeah. Coachella Tommy is the Coachella Jesus is the best Jesus. Coachella Tommy is the best Tommy. Best version of Tommy. Best version. We're different people. <laughs> totally different people. I was like, I am not. So if you back had to tried to do this, what would the reaction have been at home for you? What do you mean? No, like my wife was like, "Yo, if you want to go," and I was just like, "I don't want to go. I want to because my kids were starting basketball." And like, but I, was it a go if you want to go, but kind of side eyeing you no, at the same time, or like a legitimate go if you no, want to go? No, just like a legitimate, like, uh, like who's all going? And I was like, oh, so and so and so and so and so and so and so. So she's like, you should probably go. And then I was just like, nah. I was like, Easter's my mom is because my mom is in town from the Dominican. You know what I mean? Uh, like my sisters, like it was like a perfect storm of like my entire family being in town at the same time. My yeah. brother. My godson, like, you know what I mean? My kids were starting basketball. So it was just all shit that I really wanted to be there. And what see. kind of sports parent are you? I'm not that guy, but I'm okay. the guy that, like, so at a certain point, like, my oldest son, Adrian, like, he was getting frustrated with the dribbling drills because mm. they were like, you know, you know how they do, like, the one hand behind your back, dribble with your right one, yeah. put your right hand back, dribble with your left. He couldn't get the left down, and he was getting really frustrated. And then yeah. he just was like, he threw the ball down, and he just came up to me, and he was just like, basically like, fuck this, I don't want to do this. That's little kids now. Yeah, and I was just if like, they're not good right away. They yeah, just, they, 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 exactly. He's like, I'm. He's like, this is embarrassing. I spent six minutes and I'm not good at it. Yet. I'm, I'm not. not I'm not. A, I'm not LeBron, so I want to quit. And I was yeah. like, Nah. I was like, Yo, listen. I was like, There's five positions on a basketball court. Yeah. Like you could be good. Like look at Kyle Korver. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think Kyle Korver could take anybody off the dribble. That's not. That's an, a legit NBA player. But he has a role that he plays. I was like, Yo, you're a good shooter. You're a good passer. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter that you can't fucking cross everybody up and do all this other crazy shit. Like, just relax. Like, and this is practice. This is not, they're not playing games. They're not scrimmaging yet. So it's just like pure. This sounds like good daddy. Running serious, you know, suicide. Yeah, decent. Decent. Lateral moves. Person. You got to bring him as your proxy when you want to yell at the coach and the players. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter had a basketball game and LeBron's son had the game before at the gym. And LeBron, that kid is incredible. LeBron, no, this was the younger one. 
Oh, the yeah, other kid, I agree with you. That Bronny kid, is out of control. Bronny's huh? really good. Oh, my God. Um, And it was just weird to see LeBron in a gym. Just, yeah. He was in the corner. Like, yeah. he was protected. He's six foot, eight and a half. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's one of the most famous people in the world. You're going to see him. Mm-hmm. And he stayed, and then that game ended, and my daughter's game was up, and they're like, in the warm-ups, but he's waiting for the kid to come out. Mm-hmm. And now he's just watching my daughter's game. And uh, and uh, they're doing Scouting the line, and they're like, you know, LeBron James is just kind of like, why? Because he's like, hey, it's basketball. Yeah. You yeah, know, people yeah. love basketball. Like, oh, another basketball game. So he watched the first quarter. I was convinced we were going to suck, but we actually did all right. But it is, when it, you're doing that at that low of a level, but the second best person ever to do it is like 11 feet away. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. It's a little disorienting. Second best? Yeah, second best. Maybe third best. Ooh. Who's Kareem. Uh, Kareem's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Kareem had like six MVPs. I would I would take Magic over Jordan. Straight, full stop. As your GM? As, as, <laughs> as, as, as a better, as a better basketball player. Wow. Straight up. Wow. Like, Wow. And then, like, LeBron yeah. is like even Magic 2.0. Magic, magic, magic wouldn't do like, that. I, I, I don't, I don't yeah, agree I, with I, that I, assessment. I, don't, I, don't I mean, like, could, 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 mag- could LeBron do the stuff that Magic did? Think about it. But, I mean, that's an unfair comparison because it's, like, two different he's leagues. A better, he's, he's a, a better scorer. Magic was a better teammate and passer, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Also, so Magic gets props for just, like, abandoning magic? the Lakers. I, I respect that, the way he did it. Well, it's interesting because he was an awesome... He would pull teams together, even like that last team he was on that made the finals in '91. Mm-hmm. wasn't like a great team, but he's like, "All right, this is my team." Yeah. And LeBron last year was kind of the opposite. It seemed like the only guy that he really liked was Lonzo. Yeah. Lonzo, Lonzo got the shop invite because mm-hmm. he played. Oh. Because yeah, he played and he played well shop, and he wasn't a goof. You know what I mean? I feel like LeBron is just like he comes in and he's just like. Also, being a Celtics fan, how ridiculous do you think it is to to just say fuck it? Because they're talking about Ty Lue coming back to coach the Lakers. And it's like, oh, this is all GM LeBron back at work. You know what I mean? How ridiculous would it be to just have LeBron be the player coach? So it's illegal. Yeah. But here's the catch. <laughs> they, it's they, illegal now? It's literally illegal. Who, why? Because Bill Russell they did just it and won a, a rule, thousand right? fucking championships? Yeah, Bill it, Russell won two. It also um, seems very, it just seems But like there's a catch. Necessary. You make Dwayne Wade the coach, and he's just like drinking Cabernet in the sidelines. But LeBron's really, LeBron's running, really running the show. Yeah, pulling <laughs> nice suits. I'd watch that. Our listeners that. sent that email last week. I thought it was that's genius. brilliant. That is brilliant. He's just like he's on the yeah. You should do it. LeBron's just pouring wine. He's <laughs> just in the huddle like Gabrielle Union's like the trainer. Like yeah, like just go the whole way. Put running. all your buddies. Maverick Carter, make him like the assistant. Yeah, just put all your dudes in. That's yeah. what he does with everything else. Yeah, Fuck it. I don't think it's a bad that's idea. Not a bad idea. He'd probably play harder if he was around his well, people. Around people he wants. Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. It's all my guys. Yeah, because if you got like a bunch of like and that like if you think about it like like I talked to my wife this about this shit the other day I was like listen this is wild because I'm watching NBA games now and like through the course of like my basketball fandom it's been oh I'm a kid these are grown ups playing a grown up game Yeah. then you're in your 20s and you're like yo these guys are my same age now you're in your you know late 30s late, whatever. mid 30s and it's just like okay me and Melo are the same age, essentially. So Melo's your guy for this? Because mine was Ken Griffey Jr., who's been retired for like 10 years. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. just like... That, the, that was the time. With the same birthday? Like, yeah. 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 So it's just like... Melo's your guy. He's just sitting courtside. Yeah. But it's but it, the thing is, it's like, now you see these young dudes coming out, and it's like, oh, shit, wait a minute. Like, time moves on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I, 
I want to still like rally behind Melo and Dwayne Wade and LeBron yeah. and those guys. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like, yo, these dudes are clearly in decline. You know what I mean? Like Chris Paul, like all these guys. Like it's like they're in the twilight. We just met Chris Paul. Why are you throwing him on the bus, bro? No, but like it's it's true. He's like at he's, a different point of his career. Yeah, it's, it's, listen, it, he's not. He's a different Chris Paul. Now you gotta you gotta remember your career goes you up. If you have him on the show, you can't say anything bad about them. Like, no, no, those, no, those no I'm not saying anything people. bad. It's just like yo, he's that's he's, how Tommy books them. He's been you know. Because Tommy could be like, yo, they love you, they rock with you. Chris Paul doesn't like me. He was. He doesn't like you? Yeah, he, he side-eyed me. He side-eyed me. Damn. Why? What would uh, you say? I, Just, apparently, I, I did something, either a podcast or... How often me. does that happen? How And how is it... When that happens, are you just like, I don't even remember what I said, or do you remember exactly no, what No, that you said? one I wrote when they when the Clippers lost to the Jazz, that series, I wrote a, a piece about the last days of the point guard. Mm-hmm. Where basically, like, his career is about to go to a different level, right. and this is with the case with NBA history, and it's like, mm. this is what happens to point guards. Yeah. I was... I was 100% right. 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 It's like point guards I, have a 10, 11 year run and then they go to a different phase. Do they ever career. call you or like text you after they read something or they heard you? No. No? No, I do think we're entering a world now where if you write a takedown piece of somebody and people don't write them the same way anymore. They're a lot, lot softer. But right. I do think a player would just go at them on Twitter. Yeah. Because we saw Michael Che did this recently with a writer that's actually done some stuff with us, Steve Hyden. Mm-hmm. He wrote a piece about Michael Che's co-host on Weekend Update that was not flattering. Michael Che just started going at the guy. Oh, wow. And I do wonder if that's going to be next decade a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, if some if somebody wrote a piece ripping you guys, you would probably have some fun with it. Oh, yeah. I've gotten banned from Twitter several times for that. Have you? Yeah. Banned from Twitter? Yeah, yeah. he gets like... He's what happened? I get thrown into a Twitter Is there a, a Twitter Adam Silver? Yeah. <laughs> you have to go <laughs> see him? No, he, just gets, like, he gets yeah, yeah, I'm People out. report me for saying shit, like, and I'm just like, I don't care. Fuck I'm it. at the point. I'm about to get off Twitter. There's no point of it. It's just been on... We've been on this since 08. Like... Yeah. You know, it's at this point, being on Twitter is a bigger liability than it is a benefit. Well, the to you. the cost, the the cost. What's that thing? The cost, cost benefit, benefit ratio. Thing? Yeah, yeah. That ratio like, is way out of whack. Because now you, know. the higher you get, the more explode. Like a casual tweet that you could have got away with five years ago could destroy your career. And it's just like, why would why would you even risk that? You know, like you're certain celebrities. You like this weekend we were talking to them, and they was like, "Fam, I do not fuck with social media at all. There's no there's no upside to it." There's no upside. Like, they'll tweet out, yo, my show is coming on, but they won't tweet actual opinions. It's become more promotional. It's become more promotional. And then you, we had a weird relationship because we grew up and Twitter was personal. It was like a diary. It was like, yo, I hate my job. Now you have a million followers or whatever. You can't tweet the same way because you're just like, yo, the price of this. I can't believe milk is so... And they're like, you're rich. You don't... Like, how dare you? Like, we're actually poor. How dare you complain about the price of milk? Like, little things like that. Or the other day I beefed about an Uber or something and people was like, you don't even take Ubers. You have a private car. And I was like, I... I have to take a Uber. Like, like, what? Like, where's this anger coming from? Like, you're mad at me because I changed my life and like I'm in a better place. Like, yeah, it's yeah, weird. It's... And these are fans. So, Twitter's a rough place. Twitter's yeah, a, rough a rough place. And then Twitter's not even worth it because Twitter is one of the lowest. The replies are not worth it. It's one of the lowest engagement platforms. It's like yeah. YouTube is higher. Fa- uh, Facebook is higher. It's true. So, because you'll go to advertisers, you're like, yo, I got this many followers on Twitter. They're like, who still uses Twitter? Or yeah, you talk to young kids. They're like, I don't but mess what's with funny Twitter whatsoever. Twitter has made a comeback. Like they, their stock just went up like ten dollars this week because they actually had more users than they did last quarter. Well, I mean, that's they figured easy. I make money from it. That's easy to do when you're juking a system with bots. <laughs> bots. I'm dead. They made that deal with Russia. Mm. Let's mm. mm. <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's talk we about the They made a deal with the, for the 2020 election. It's in place. We did, uh, we're doing a Game of Thrones post game. They're just show. waiting on the Milwaukee Bucks to throw in Brogdon. <laughs> 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 
we're doing and it's a, a done deal. <laughs> we're doing a Game of Thrones post game show for them. And the, you know, after certain things happen, people go to Twitter. Yeah. Like we saw it last oh, night yeah. with Dame Lord. Oh, definitely. And we yeah, see with Game of Thrones. I think it's ability to still drive conversation after something sure. has happened is yeah. unparalleled. Game yeah, of Thrones day to day grind that I think has suffered. Game of Thrones might be the only non sports television show that's still appointment watching that you have to watch it when it comes on In or the else moment. it's ruined. Like no other show is like even our show you could watch you could binge watch like four of our shows on Saturday morning. If you don't watch Game of Thrones as soon as it comes out, get off of social media because right. spoilers. Spo and people well, it's are like not, a sporting event. Yeah, yeah. People are doing play by plays, and it's it's. If you don't watch Game of Thrones, also it's just like why are you literally tweeting out what's happening on the screen? Like this makes no sense. But I mean that's how we watch sports. Yeah, it's wild. But like to me, like I'm like I'm one of those guys that doesn't really give a shit about spoilers. Like I just want to see how this how like being in entertainment and seeing. How things are shot and like whatever. Like I, I feel like I watch TV different now after doing TV. Well, spoiler alert: neither of our teams are winning the World Series this year. Oh no, the Yankees will. They'll turn a corner and they will. Everybody will come back super healthy this year. I mean, everybody's hurt now, like but it's early. Injuries. Yeah. What but, happened to my dude Batances? I mean, he was a horse for. He yeah. was on my fantasy team this yeah. entire decade. Yeah. He was going hard. That's my guy. That's it. His shoulder finally gave out. It I, turns I, out you can't strike out two people in inning for ten years. Yeah, I I, I, I texted him and I was like, "Yo, get well soon, bro. Like, I'm 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 rooting for you." <laughs> but, I mean, we've had players like that before. Remember, uh, <laughs> I mean, you have players and you're just like, "Yo, they have such a positive upside." And then after a while, you're just like, "Yeah, this ain't like." Remember Jesus Montero? How yeah. big the Yankees? The Yankees were like, "This is an international superstar," and then. There's another guy who is on my team this year. I'm in this AL only league, but we we have Manny Benuelos. Remember him? He had oh, a cup wow. of coffee as the wow. Yankees phenom. Wow. He's like the next guy. That's the next Gidry. Wow. Then he got the next hurt. Gidry. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he's very Gidry esque. Mm -hmm. Now but he's in the White Sox. But being a Yankee fan for so long, like you can't, I think. Mo the longer you're a Yankee fan, like you lower your expectations. Like you realize, like the Yankees have won since 09. So every now and then, you know, you start hard. You're like, boom, I got this, I got this. And we'll have a player and like, yo, this player is the truth. After the way the Yankees handled Jabba Chamberlain, I'm just kind of just like, uh. Well, Torres, I, I thought, Je I bet on Judge to win MVP this year. I thought this was going to be his year. So, yeah, he, but you know what it is? Great. It's really like I'm going to air my grievances with the with umpires and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is six foot what, eight? You like, think the strike zone's unfair for him? Yeah, man. Like compared this, to Altuve. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if yeah. you got if you got a guy that's five four, five five, like his strike zone is like massive. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With Judge, it's just like oh anything. Oh, oh it's below the knees. Oh, that's when a are, ball. When are we you switching our robo umps? Should we do that? Should they do we're coming? robots coming. and lasers and shit it's like coming. that? I mean, once they start doing the replays and they that's limit the mound visits coming. and all that stuff, yeah, we're basically there. Yeah. Because they're, they're doing everything now. They're trying to rejigger baseball for like this new generation. Because everyone's like, oh, baseball, the games are too long. Now, as a Red Sox Yankee fan, you know, like I'll take a four hour game. I don't give a shit. But, you know, I'll watch like, a 22 I care more game. than I did about how fucking long they are. Like. I mean, if it's like a night game, I'm like, there was something. There's some clip that was on Twitter last week where it was a 78 Red Sox game, Red Sox Yankees game versus 2019. Mm -hmm. And it was just 30 seconds. And it was like David Price just not pitching for 30 seconds. Yeah. And Mike Torres throwing three pitches in that 30 seconds. And Stepping like, out the box and all, you know. Torres yeah. just like got the ball back, mm -hmm. threw it again. Yeah. Price is just like staring game. into the catcher for 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, Shit in his pants. They could fix that. They could fix that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think either of our teams have it. 
I, mean, I still we have. You such think the things. Rays are gonna win the AL? Well, that's that's what I keep hanging my hat on. Is we just like, played them last weekend and they and we swept them and they're not mm-hmm. they're not a great. Like, all these dudes like here comes Tommy Fam. He's been hot lately. Yeah, yeah. that's like, what it right, is. It's just a bunch of guys that get hot. Yeah, but that's not sustainable. That's what I keep telling people on Twitter. I was like, that shit is not sustainable. Like you have to actually be a good, consistent right. player to so win a you, division. Who do you see winning at all? Astros. Astros are really good. Um, Seattle had the has that feel this year of like yeah. where these guys come, come from, from yeah. and like a lot of guys something to prove, but I, it's way too early. Yeah, yeah it's like it. pitchers get hurt and like all of a sudden exactly. somebody doesn't have their you get closer. Hot, you get cold. These pitchers just get hurt all the time now. Yeah, so I don't think you can know until August with yeah. baseball. I always laugh when people are like, "Oh, these guys." It's like, yeah, you okay, always got wait till they're closer. It's the oldest thing. I mean, there's still a lot of baseball left. I mean, there's 162 games. Like, come on, bro. Like a lot of baseball left. I know people, there's certain people that don't live 162 days. Like, <laughs> All right. Anything to plug other than the show? Uh, you got the show. I uh, uh, got a book coming out soon. Got a book coming Random out. House. You know what I'm saying? We have uh, a book T- yeah. uh, titled TBD. You know what I'm saying? But We're yeah. going with Bridges of Madison County. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got that. We got the Life is Beautiful in September. Yeah. What else we got? Uh, got some shows coming up. Just, you know, check the Instagrams and stuff for that. And, you know, we're just going to be doing our thing. You'll see Bringing us around. Bringing back Californication. California. <laughs> oh, Californication. Wow. Not the OC. Oof. That was, yeah. yeah. No, that was, We're also going to bring back uh, If These Walls Could Talk. So. It should be interesting. Is that true? No. 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 He said he said that so deadpan. I was like, wait yeah. a second. It we does shit like that all the time. We did a lie detector test for some magazine. And at the end of it, they were like, even the truth you told was deceptive. That's what I worked hard for in my life. I don't want you to know what I'm thinking. I just want to con- I'm constantly they were like, say your real name. I said my real name, and the guy was like, he's lying. And I was like, no, that's my real name. Fellas, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Oh, Great to have Bill. you on the West Coast. Every time we you come to the West Coast, we gotta do a Bill's always show. Always a pleasure. Like always a pleasure. Come on, man. I'm I gotta come on your show soon. Yeah. Of I course. haven't been invited yet. I love how people are like, I haven't been invited yet. Like, it's it's not a birthday party, yeah, like, though. Now you got, like, AOC. And you got an RSVP. You can squeeze me in. I mean, I, f- I, per- I personally feel like you're a bigger star than Ben Stiller, but that's just me. Can't can I come on and read Kate Smith lyrics for five minutes? Let's make it happen. <laughs> Let's make it out. Really great. awkwardly? We just got, like, a choir Wait, behind guys, you. Guys, I found a song from 1937. <laughs> Kanye comes in with the chords and stuff, starts a Sunday service. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Bill. Oh, Kelly sings the hook. Wow. Oh, wow. All right, thanks to Deezus Zamero. Thanks to uh, my dad. Don't forget, on Sunday night, Ryan Rosillo. We're doing it again. Big NBA breakdown. Episode three of Throne Game. This is gonna be a great ninety minute, uh, ninety minute episode for Thrones. Oh, I don't know what time you're getting out of here on Sunday night, Kyle. It'll be Monday morning. Should we buy some caffeine? A caffeine drink for you? Sleeping bag. I'll bring All a sleeping right. bag. Sleeping bag. Great. Uh, thanks to the Zone. Don't forget to order the Zone before we have the uh, the big Canelo fight next week. Thanks to SiriusXM. If you don't know SiriusXM. And I don't know why you wouldn't. Listen up. Commercial free music plus sports talk, comedy, and news. They have it all. Right now, get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Oh, my God. Go to SiriusXM.com slash BS. See offer details. Subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. And thanks to Voodoo, leading streaming app with a library of over 150,000 titles available to rent or buy. Over 8,000 titles you can watch for free on their ad-supported on-demand service. Enjoy everything from the latest Hollywood blockbusters to your favorite indie films without subscriptions or contracts. I am also a Voodoo subscriber. 
I highly recommend you check out their deals for the bundles. Fast and Furious, Godfather. They'll do like these Judd Apatow five packs. I have that actually. I, had, I think I have the Judd Apatow movie five packs. That's a good one. Good job by Voodoo. I like their stuff. Voodoo.com slash rewatchable. Sign up. Start watching today. Enjoy the weekend. R.I.P. Hondo. And uh, we will be back on Sunday night with Ryan Rosillo. <laughs>